welcome back to the third place. Uh, it's been a little bit, I think. I'm not sure because these are all being recorded around the same time, but uh, I'm here tonight to discuss two of my favorite games growing up uh, back on the good old PS2 days. I have the wonderful guests or hosts of Agitator, J. David Osborne and Kelby Losak. How are you guys doing? Doing hey, great. What up? Ready to ball out. <laughs> This is the Metal Gear episode reunion. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I was uh Tony Hawk in particular changed my whole life. Uh it made me it turned me into a skater. So this is exciting. Mm-hmm. I've been hyped for this since you brought it up. Um, like, I, yeah. There's probably a hundred people in my life that know about this. They're like, when's when's it coming out? When's it coming out? <laughs> Oh man, we got a, there's a there's a crowd waiting for this episode already. Uh, want it. But I I can't speak highly enough about you two. You two are your show is like if I had gone back in time to when I was like you know it, you know the the old weebhead uh, days. If I had told myself like yeah, there's gonna be a, a show dedicated not only to just like you know anime specifically because you guys have been doing some anime episodes as of recently but just japanese you know film or books or you know the whole gamut you know, i would have like thought you're like you know pulling my chain or something but i what i love about you guys is that your show is so like it, it's able to create a space or like in through the audio like one of the things I loved about Agitator from the get-go was like how I could hear like literally like David was walking down the street. I could hear all these cars or the wind blowing hard or I could hear wherever Kelby like, you know, I love how Agitator creates like a space through audio. It's I that's one of my favorite facets about podcasting is that people can create like in a, their own universe through just talking. And I think you two are some of the best at it. You know, I think back on so many of your episodes where I'm just like, I can tune this on and I feel like, you know, I'm talking with my you know high school friends, just like hanging out their house after we watch a movie. And we just like are talking about it for the next two, you know, one two three hours and it's it's all just like straightforward there's you know you you go where you go on conversations where you guys have such a flow to your conversations where i'm just like i could listen to this for 10 hours and it feels really great to have you guys on for you know two games that i think are so defining for not only us three but i think if you were to talk to any guy who's like from probably like 24 to like you know maybe even like 40 years old like they have a personal story with tony hawk or need for speed oh yeah we appreciate all the love bro yeah uh yeah that's really that's really kind of you and um i'm glad that you dig that uh sort of uh, found or what's the, what's the word for it um the, the one of the fun things about agitator too is that kelby and i are both retarded um, <laughs> so it's basically like uh two retarded people trying to figure stuff what's it called though when it's um just like 
field recording, field yeah, recording yeah, yeah, aspect yeah. of it, right? Um, <clears throat> because, yeah, there's a lot of people who uh, don't like that and they want the podcasts, their podcasts to sound like NPR or, uh, you know, like Ira Glass in, in your ear telling you about a potato farmer somewhere. <laughs> and it's just more like, I, I, I think that it's cooler when, you know, all the things that you were talking about, like when you can hear, you know, my son screaming at me or, you know, like me put, putting stuff in the microwave and, you know, or Kelby's, uh, you know, uh, in, in neighborhood, you know, somebody getting shot in the background and it's like screaming for help. Like, I think it, I think it's, it adds, cause like you don't, at a certain point, conversations are, uh, really awesome and, and cool and everything but like it all starts to feel a little bit too clean and also mm. also the thing is is that you know why why even bother competing with people who have budgets like we don't have any fucking money you know what i mean so it's kind yeah. of that thing where it's like you you try to lean into your uh lean into your restrictions and and the things that would keep some people from making a podcast at all, you know, but mm -hmm. like, that's something that, that Kelby and I do with books, you know, cause we're both writers. We write books and, and we don't, we don't try to be like the big four, uh, maybe soon to be the big three, you know, Kelby and I've been talking about like little short films and stuff, but like, they're not going to be quote unquote good. They're going to be more like, you know, the CKY videos that are so mm -hmm. inextricably linked to the Tony Hawk games. Uh, because somewhere along the line, that, that whole aesthetic of like crazy white boys uh, <laughs> fil fil filming each other, like doing homoerotic shit is like, it like, it, it fell out of favor. And, uh, and we're, we're trying to bring that back. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, there's something to, to be said, you know, I guess I'll, you know, I figured this out quite soon. It's like, I've, I really detest, I've always detested that NPR sound. It's like, you know how like the microphone is so crystal clear, like they have the, yeah. like the, that pop filter. Yeah. So like, you know, when they say, a, you know, P like it just pops. So, so present in your ears. I'm just like, this feels so wrong. It's like, it's an appeal to authority, right? Like they're yeah. they're trying to put you in a mind space where you're a child and they're mm -hmm. the adult. They and they they have this voice of God coming through to you, and it's very. Uh, I'm like, I don't can't tell me what to do. You're not my <laughs> boss. <laughs> no, I mean, I just you know, I I with this show, it's like you know, I I just do it. I just want to talk to people about games. That's literally where it comes from, and I do have to credit you, David, as you were one of the people who said you should do this and i'm like you know what you're right no one's doing the, like a podcast about games and if they are they are quite annoying to say the least like uh, you could say they're libs right they're, they're yeah. all like it's, it's all i listened uh i used to listen to the kojima frequency a oh lot. god i hate that one so much and uh it was like my only place that i could go to for metal gear and kojima like talk like just people talking about it mm -hmm. and um first of all they hated death well some of them hated death stranding which pissed me off that's the wrong, uh, take. That's <laughs> the wrong take it's literally yeah. if death stranding is like arguably the best ps4 game like right, right. get 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 with the times 
But then also, you know, that's the other thing that we try to do. Jack does, I'm sure you do on this podcast, right? Is that when we say that, you know, bringing back that kind of CKY spirit, I want to make a full on return to 1999 to like 2005, like when I was in high school. And that means in terms of how we talk about things too. So when you listen to the Kojima frequency uh, or really almost any pod, I've had to turn off so many podcasts recently because I've been really interested in uh, AI and uh, technology and stuff like that uh, and, and shamanism. But a lot of those spaces are populated with libs who <laughs> it's, it's not their beliefs that bother me. Cause like, I don't give a shit what you believe. It's the, they're not able to talk about things openly because they have to pause every yeah. fifth word to like, let you know yes. that what they're saying is problematic and that this is <laughs> you know, an issue. And I'm like, God damn it, just say things. Just yeah. fucking say things. Just it's say like- that women shouldn't be able to read. <laughs> <laughs> Gamer girls aren't real. They're not. Yeah, it's not a real thing. No, they, they can try as they might. The only gamer girls exist are the custom skaters in Tony Hawk where you can just give them bikinis and that's it. Or uh, the uh, mu- the much beloved uh, BMX XXX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, G- gaming is gaming is for the boys. It's for the fellas, it's, if you will. Yeah, it's so true. That's <laughs> man, you hit the nail nail on the hammer or whatever that phrase is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, it's like when I hear like people try to talk about games, it's like they try to just like they want to go into like analytical like brain it's like they have to do like the ign review which is you know we mentioned this on our episode about like game journalism now but it's like if you even if you were to give like a random person like the the ability to talk about a game it's just like they have to hit each bullet point about the game in a very robotic way and it's like i've never seen games as that it's like games are these unique experiences that can happen to you like you can go to your friends be like did you know about this you know and that's how a conversation should go with a game it's not about like well i think the graphics you know they showcase a very high realistic you know skin of tony hawk in this game or you know the gameplay balance is so you know it's not it's you know grinding is not it's a little too loose feeling it's like i don't care it's like i want to talk about like eric sparrow you know stealing your videotape and then you know did you know about the alternate ending where you get to beat the shit out of them it's like (laughs) that's what i want to talk about games it's not so much it's like games are they're like a moment to a moment thing like they're you have you can always have these unique stories about like what you experience in a game like how it made you feel and you know, you can attach that to moments in your life or whatever. And, you know, I think that's why I wanted you guys here, because I think you not only embody, you know, these two games, I think like if, if I were to say like David and Kelby define or are a, you know, are a game, so to say, it's like these games, like they have a wholly unique aesthetic to them that everyone, you know, just like everyone came together and like this is the coolest thing out right now you know and i think you know for the first part of the show i wanted to discuss like games as sort of like like the cultural moments that they sit in because 
Tony Hawk's Underground and Need for Speed Underground, they both came out in 2003, but they kind of they came out at quite literally the perfect times in you know the the space back then. Need for Speed Underground capitalized on the on the Fast and the Furious franchise and the tuner import culture that was coming to America and Tony Hawk's Underground capitalized on like the jackass craze, you know, like the CKY uh videos you're talking about david it's like if the the both series of these games felt like they were building to this like big cultural moment that they were coming to and if you were to talk to anybody now it's like what was your favorite tony hawk i would guarantee you most people will say underground and if you were to talk to most need for speed fans they would say like the underground series or you know most wanted in some case so you know I, you know, I can't like these games. I just remember as a kid, like I remember going to my friend's house and we would just spend hours, you know, you know, the need for speed game. We would spend hours tuning our cars and, you know, it just felt like this was the coolest thing as it, you know, for me, I was like, I don't know, like seven to 10 years old. I was like, I, in my young brain, I was like, I want to tune cars because I want to be driving around Olympic city because it's the coolest place ever. There's hot girls all around and it's like neon drenched, like, you know, out the wazoo. So, I mean, do you guys have anything to weigh on on that, in that respect? I have so much to say and I'm, I'll try not to talk too much, but just, just kind of the first thing. And it's, I do have, you know, all the stuff from the, cause I was about, I was 16 when these games came out. So I was like, you know, fully into skate culture, et cetera. But when you said that there are hot girls walking around, something, (laughs) something happened to my brain because I grew up like when I was in the sixth grade, this pervert who I knew named Billy, uh, who I, one time I caught him uh, fucking a stuffed dog that he'd cut the asshole out of. He was like this insane, dirty, disgusting man uh, who, you know, would show me pictures of like his parents fucking and shit. But he came to school one day with his uh, copy of Nude Raider. And it was like, you could, you could, you know, you could play it. It was Tomb Raider, but she was naked. And I think that I spent, you know, how, how, how far are we in? We're 20 minutes in. All right. Jack off talk time. So I used to, you know, you know, beat meat to like game pros and EGMs so much that when I see, like need for speed underground and like the early 2000s computer generated ps2 girls i get like really turned on like if i were to make like a uh like a like a blade runner ryan gosling girlfriend it would look like like P, like <laughs> ps2 ps2 graphics with like pixelated all like fucking weird shaped pixelated like no ass you know and like really smooth boobs it like just com- completely fucked my brain up. I mentioned this with Jack on our episode, but it's like, and we and we also talked about this on the Metal Gear episode on Agitator. It's like the jump from PS1 to PS2 was so monumental that I don't, if you were to show like some Zoomer right now, like, you know, you would show them like Need for Speed on PS1 or Need for Speed and then Underground, they would be like, so what but they don't understand like we went from polygonal tits on Laura Laura Croft to like you know uh drag race girls just like it 
in full detail too they the the game makers like wanted you to notice this they wanted that was like the defining thing about like a ton of ps2 games it's like grand theft auto obviously just because you know grand theft auto you know was just so notorious and still is today just like you could have sex with digital girls like you could just hire a prostitute off the screen and it's like it's so weird how i mean maybe not weird but it's like that leap into such a borderline realism is like it just like changes your brain in a weird way like but i i i can't complain like ps2 girls are honestly the best girls in my mind (laughs) oh yeah that was the whole point of need for speed underground too was like when you win it's like uh that shit comes out of the the white light at the end yeah it's like is this your fantasy (laughs) oh yeah that that, uh, we'll get into it later but it's like the the whole game is literally like getting the hot girl who drives the nissan and like you dump your like you know your like girl who's like trying to get you to the top it's like no i don't care i want that one (laughs) yeah i gotta get a a hot chick standing in front of my car on the cover of the next tuner magazine (laughs) it's i mean it's like i when i think back on this generate you know this time period specific you know the er, the early to mid-ish 2000s it's like you know you, you obviously have like you know the sort of you know uh these like high art concept games you know you have your you have your final fantasies or your icos or you know soon to, you know soon to come out like you know shadow of the colossus all that stuff but the amount of like power trip like fantasy games not in the sense of like you know dungeons and dragons so to say but like just realistic fantasies like are now a possibility you know character customization is now like front and center for so many games or putting you in the shoes you know like grand theft auto giving you a sandbox to play in it's like you're creating digital fantasies and you get to do whatever the hell you want or you know you you're striving to live out a life you want to have and it's like i i can think back you know there's like god of war where it's literally just like the ultimate power fantasy like like series prior to the ps4 one where it's you're just the most angry son of a bitch in ancient greece and you get to have sex mini games on your way to kill gods it's like you know prior prior to that you wouldn't get that like you you get obviously unique experiences but with the playstation 2 with this new level of fidelity and you know graphical capability and sound and you name it now it's like we're giving you the keys to living out a fantasy you know i and I, you know, when I think back on like these games, you know, Tony Hawk and Need for Speed, it's like I get to buy the coolest car. Like, you know, I think back on like getting the Honda Civics or, you know, on Tony Hawk Underground, I get to go to some new location like, you know, Manhattan or, you know, the Tampa Pro Park. Like I get to be the skater that I wanted to be as a kid. But then I realized, oh, I'm built like a football player. I can't do skating. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tony Hawk games always made me want to, like, the skate games are cool, 
mm-hmm. then how Tony Hawk evolved into trying to be kind of like the skate games, sort of with like yeah. proving ground and shit. Like that's fine, but um, this crazy shit with like where you could grind the telephone poles and everything, yeah, like that always made me want to go skate like i was Mm -hmm. super active back in this era where like you know i'm playing need for speed playing tony hawk and i'm actually like hyped to go explore in the world because of the like it was like this in-between fantasy fulfillment right where it wasn't like totally uh open to where it is now like every game that comes out you expect to be super open world and like you expect like just no boundaries and full Mm -hmm. character customization and this and that but like the sort of in between where there was still limits and they were Mm -hmm. just experimenting with that was like the perfect space to like sort of engage your imagination with it as well and then like at least for me personally i don't know like i uh it made me want to go out and do shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause like, you know, I, I, I have the, like, like you said, I, ha- I love skate, the skate series. Like there's no doubt about it. You know, skate also skate games were made by the need, the, you know, underground's developer black box and skate was definitely trying to be so real and, put you in the shoes of a skater with its like realistic physics and controls and you can put your character in whatever clothes you want from your favorite skate brand but it's like i think back on like the early tony hawks like you know pro skater three four underground where it's it's just enough where it can it makes you like want to fulfill it's like a role-playing game where you can put your yourself into the shoes of this avatar you know who more or less has like the most vacant stare but like uh you feel like you are him you feel like you're the you're the newcomer on the scene in new jersey and you meet uh like all these famous skaters (laughs) you meet chad muska and his you know his escalade and it's like (laughs) you know i you know i feel like that's real compared to say like you know, like, because they're making that new skate game and it's like, you know, built for the modern systems, but it's like, it it nowhere near captures this sort of believable, like, that this, like, way to put you in the shoes of a digital character. You know, even though the digital character is fairly generic, it, it gives me, it makes me think of, like, great JRPGs where it gives you, like, a character that maybe can be lightly customized but you by through this journey with this avatar on screen you do feel like you are that person on screen you are doing all these insane hundred trick combos across skyscrapers across power lines going you know being able to grind cop cars you know you name it it's it's such it's it's like a I don't know how to describe it. It's like kind of a a magical real. I mean, I like no, yeah, magic like the right word. Magic yeah. is the right word. It's mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent. There's a reason. So in magic, <clears throat> you often remember how in fear effect when you're in hell, you have to burn money to mm-hmm. like make like you burn paper versions of the things in yeah. order to to get those things, like ammo or whatever. 
Um, in in magic, like let's say that you're going to summon a demon, right? But you want mm-hmm. the demon to be scared of you. Well, the demon can't tell the difference between like a real crown and like a paper crown. So yeah. a magician will make a paper crown and put it on their head and pretend to be some big badass so that they can bend this spirit or demon to their will. And that paper crown idea is what lit up in my head when you started mentioning the fact that these avatars that you have, <clears throat> they don't look like uh, you know, real people, obviously. And this, I think, is a problem uh, of modern graphics rather than a, 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 like a kind of a cool feature. You know, like when you're playing Dark Souls, it's always good to have a, like your character often has a helmet on so you mm-hmm. can't see their face because the importance of masks, the way that a human responds to a sort of PS2 or PS1 graphic face like Solid Snake in the first Metal Gear or, you know, an Elden Ring character or something like that, it, it does something to us where we're able to like project onto them because we don't recognize them as entirely different we recognize them as like just a shape like good Mm. cartoon art does this too like when you read i said great cartoon art and i was about to say (laughs) silver's not great but like he was onto something or garfield right or something like that right that that it's it's obviously doesn't look realistic but the whole idea of cartooning is to pick out the certain features that make something recognizable without it being too foreign or too unique yeah um anime does this too like most anime characters look really similar to each other there's sort of a template for what an anime character looks like Mm -hmm. with exceptions of course but the uh the yeah the whole mask idea and being able to project onto it i think this is both the the beauty and the magic of video games and also the danger right because as with magic if you're going to dabble in it, if you're going to dabble in the occult, you have to make sure that you do cleansing rituals and that you sort of move away from the the thing that you're doing so that you don't get too fully involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good way of framing the stereotype of the, uh, you know, the guy who lives in his mom's basement and fucking, you know, just jerks off and plays video games all day which mm-hmm. fella, by the way, you might say sounds pretty okay. Uh, <laughs> but like, but like, if you think of that thing as sort of a negative under the context of it sort of impeding your, your, your true will or your true desire or whatever, it's because you need a, a sort of banishment, right? And, and the thing about video games is that they're so good at working this magic and pulling you in and putting you into this avatar that is, there are enough signifiers in the world of Tony Hawk to, to make you realize like, okay, I'm in uh, you know, I'm in San Francisco or I'm in Alcatraz or I'm in Roswell or something like that, like places that really exist Yeah. or New Jersey. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but then it, it amps it up just a little bit and it makes you kind of superhuman. Like you can't die from yeah. falling off of a building. You can't like uh, you can, you can do tricks that are impossible in real life. And it's that accentuation of reality that I think is is actually super empowering so long as you have you know proper hygiene in place to come back to the <laughs> world and, and, and exist in the world right 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, I think, you know, this is just an easy one. It's like, I think of the, the Tony Hawk re one and two remaster from two years ago, which is, you know, it's got the, it takes the skaters and the levels from the original first two games and puts them through the unreal engine and makes them look realistic. And I, you know, I will speak, you know, I love that game. I think it's genuinely it seems like a work of love from a bunch of people who love the series. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, people like Tony were so thrilled about it. And, you know, that game came out right when the world was shut down. And I was like, this game is like the best thing ever right now. Like I can, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, spending hours on the PS2 again, but they're like, when you boot up the game and you have the creative skater, it's like, it, there i i remember like i took like a second pack i was like this looks so wrong this feels wrong in my head like i shouldn't be able to like see the wrinkles on this character's skin i shouldn't like be able to discern like real world elements from this avatar which is why like my skater i put like a fuck you know i put a skull like face paint on him just to like make him not look at all like a legit skater just to like give myself like that i don't know if i would be like reassure like uh, a way to dis break apart that like real and sort of did you know i think about the the quote that you put in your death stranding book david about i forget the guy you were quoting but he's like once the artifice is like when you add to that artifice it's the magic is lost you know it's like when you have these hyper realistic characters it's like you have to make them goofy looking in order to like get that feeling of games from consoles 20 years ago like i feel like that's why everyone in a dark souls game makes them look like abominations <laughs> like it's like I, I i do not think i know anybody who has made their like dark souls character look like a normal human being it's like that's the way if you're going to do it in the modern age it's like literally make these characters look like a fun house mirror like on crack or something yeah mine's like my dude is double blind uh put like <laughs> an uh eye patch thing over him and made his other eye like all white and then like put all the scars on him and shit Jeez. and then uh, <laughs> uh he's my he's son he's or zatoichi yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not too easy. he's uh, he's he goes beyond big boss. He's bigger boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's both big. <laughs> both eyes. Yeah, and I made a, a ninja turtle with my son. <laughs> That's rad. I mean, I'm I need to play Elden Ring. I just now that like you mentioned, I was like I'm I'm thinking about Elden Ring, and I oh, mean that I can't believe a game like that exists where it, like supposedly like 30 million people have bought it and it's a hard as fuck game that has like no direction and just says hey are you figure it out like but it doesn't feel aimless it feels completely with purpose it's like i can't believe a game like that exists this is like ps2 like i you know reviewers always like decry a game that comes out it's like this game feels like a ps2 game it's like is that really a bad thing though like like i think about all the everybody thinks about a ps2 game it's like why wouldn't i want this game to be like that oh man like i didn't I have need... a three or a four I, I i had a one and then i had a two 
and then my two shit the bed. Wait, did you have the I, did you have the fat one or the skinny one? The fat one. Yeah, okay, that like the, yeah, the fat one uh, has some issues. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, mine sure, certainly did. I got the red <laughs> ring of death on that bitch, and, oh, uh, shit. and I was, and I I didn't know how to fix it, and uh, you know, at the time, right? I'm 16, so my parents aren't gonna buy me another one. So I was like, well. <laughs> fuck it i'll actually i'll just go out and skate and you know drink md 2020 and four <laughs> logos with my friends and decidedly not get laid ever uh, <laughs> but think that i might have a chance that's it's so funny because i had gotten into along with the skater stuff i'd gotten into uh you know kind of being in a band we weren't mm-hmm. like punk. We were we were like a new metal band because we, we really liked System of a Down and shit like that. And uh, so, you know, I skated. I had a cool uh, Ibanez Iceman guitar like they had in Kiss, mm-hmm. uh, like Paul Stanley had in Kiss and, um, and that Darren Malakian had in System of a Down. And so you'd think like my whole thought process was like, okay, I'm going to skate and I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to get so much pussy. <laughs> and, uh, and i and then i didn't i just ended up hanging out with my bros all day and having a lot of fun i remember hanging out with them specifically my buddy eric and being at his house and you know playing guitar and <coughs> going outside skating you know getting our friends together to try to do cky-esque things like pushing each other into curbs on shopping carts and shit yeah and also being profoundly bored, like the most bored I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, until I had a child, and now I'm re-experiencing what true boredom looks like because you can't <laughs> can't look away from the child because they will kill themselves. But they're also <laughs> profoundly uninteresting creatures, right? Like <laughs> he, he's yeah, he's sitting there and he's playing with blocks. And as long as you're present and you're you're playing with the blocks with him or you're telling him you know yes that's the color green or that's the number eight uh so fucking boring but as soon as you stop doing that he's gonna like go into the toilet and start trying to drink the water out of it (laughs) (laughs) so so you get so fucking bored uh and i haven't been this bored since i was uh yeah like 16 but there's there's like kind of a beauty in that too right because you're you're you actually begin to think again and you're like oh I remember thoughts. I hate these motherfuckers. Like, why, <laughs> why am I thinking so much? You gotta start pushing Gus and on uh, in shopping carts. Yeah, I put a little helmet on him. He'd love uh-huh. that shit. He'd love that <laughs> shit. He does his thing. Any anytime he falls now, like he can just bust his ass, and he'll go like ha 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 ha, ha like doing like this <laughs> fake fake laugh to try to cover up that it hurt. And I'm like, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. You're, you're gonna be like your old man. I'm gonna have to watch you when you turn like 13, 14. Make Keeping sure there's no sh- shopping carts. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the whole like Neil Young old man thing, um Need for Speed was like a big bonding moment with uh me and my dad because he has always um actually just chatted with him today and he's been to like five different states this week uh said he just landed like just got off another airplane 
Um, and that was like kind of his whole thing, like my entire upbringing. He was gone a whole lot. Uh, I related to kids who had like, like my parents have always been together. And I related to kids who come from like single parent households because uh, I was raised by my mom pretty much. But mm-hmm. the times when he uh, was most physically present, he worked this really, he'd been fucked over by like, like big time fucked over by some jobs and was just in like this alcoholic, like angry stage um, that I myself wasn't too far from like a few years ago. And he was also like, they had me young. So like, I can look back and kind of relate now, but uh, I had the PS2 and Need for Speed Underground was like the thing that we would sit and bond over. Like he'd need to blow off some steam, whatever. He'd be cracking some beers and be like, let's go play a game. I'm like, hell yeah. So <laughs> like, we'd just be like, Underground was like my, uh, it was a big tether to to my dad, like when that dropped. So along with just being the most relevant thing to vibe with along with Tony Hawk at the time, because, you know, tuner mags, and want it like daydreaming of we look at uh uh there's this movie best in show where like have y'all seen that Mm -hmm. the uh the crazy dog people Mm -hmm. i i haven't seen it but i know the movie you're talking about there's characters in it who are like um they bond over like uh ll bean catalogs or something and like mm-hmm. it's like their hobby to go through and pick shit out that was us with those tuner mags like we would like you know this is gonna be my car we'd like circle the spoilers and the rims and shit that's gonna go on your car and uh of course it's like you're racking up to like 200 stacks that you're gonna drop on this shit. <laughs> we're like dirty ghetto kids like this is gonna be my whip one day <laughs> no i the i there's like a there's a very comforting you know like nostalgic quality to this period to me and i could be speaking purely because this was my system growing up like i we you know my brothers because i have three older brothers and like i remember a ps1 being there in our house and i play it like for twisted metal and all that stuff but it's like the ps2 was like that like present thing in the house and i remember how my best friend growing up you know we would just because of this system and the games that it could play and it had available it's like i remember we would go on on our like parents computers and we would look up game websites and we would try to find like all the cheat codes and we would print we would print them off so that we could have like you know a stapled little sheet of each game's like cheat codes and i remember how like we would go onto these websites to like see if there was a way to like get more money so we could get like the better cars in these games or like get all the custom, you know, the customization options. It's like, there's, it's like, it, weirdly enough, this, these games are give me like the aura, like, uh, like a, like a fireplace gives me like, it's you, you can just like turn on these games and it has like kind of the, like, brain numbing effect on me where it's like 
I it becomes second nature and I could just literally like be in a full full fledged trance just like it's I, I love that despite you know it's the both both of these games are going to be turning 20 next year and yet they're so omnipresent in so many people's lives that you can still like vividly remember like booting up the game like need for speed underground you could boot it up and you immediately in your mind you can hear little john and the east side boys Ooh, get low yeah it's, 36 <laughs> not damn <laughs> like like exactly or you could boot up like any of those early tony hawks and you can hear like you know uh all the like intro videos they did with the songs it's like it's so it's so glued to my memory and it's and I, I it always like kind of warms my heart to know that there are so many others who like know this exact feeling and i think this leads great into our first game tonight which is need for speed underground free to go to a break if you guys need to go somewhere or we can just keep going yep y'all can keep going if you want i'm just gonna go sprinkle real quick i'll be right back <laughs> sprinkle sprinkles now because he's an old man it's he, you know the kid might be listening <laughs> i gotta take a sprinkle <laughs> no it's, was... it's funny because my sister is here uh uh and she is she's a two-year-old and a one-year-old boy it's just funny how like they're at that age where you can like put stuff on the TV that's like not for them or you can like say like curse words in front of them and they might they might pick up on it. Yeah. Oh man, my son he and this isn't really my thing so I completely blame both of his grandparents, uh my dad and Erica's dad. Um cuz I don't really say you know I'll be like oh shit but like not really that often or in the way yeah. he says oh shit over every <laughs> everything i can't get him to stop saying it and it's like yeah. 
you can't tell them to stop saying it either because you acknowledge that he's saying a no a bad word exactly and he's gonna want to say it even more <laughs> so like every time he's like oh shit i gotta be like oh no he's <laughs> like hey go go to that one <laughs> stop saying that other one <laughs> but it's like it my my sister she's like she's full-blown like she loves reality tv shows so it's like constantly these boys are like hearing like you know the sensor sound effect and i wonder if that's <laughs> gonna like they're gonna like at one age get like curious it's like what were they saying it's like there's like these just like tv shows where it's like the you know the people are like talking about it's like i didn't mean to have sex with that one girl like trust me you're still mine it's just like i wonder what a two-year-old's thinking when he like absorbs this instead of his like dump truck videos or his monster truck videos it's like what is he taking away from this yeah rios rios watches drag race a lot and uh, <laughs> i started telling her like you got to watch that on your phone and she's like what are you being homophobic and i was like no i just don't i wouldn't want him to see like women like that you know i mean because uh people have different thoughts about how to like raise kids and stuff but i was pretty i was really sheltered up to a point <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. you know the, the coming of age stand by me style story of you know like get it like that friend that i told you about or whatever and adulthood comes rushing in when you're like nine or ten yeah um but i think that's the way it's supposed to be right so mm-hmm. i was just like yeah no this is like this is too much this is this is just a, this is just a bit much, and also the drag queens look really scary when they're putting their makeup on. Oh no, they they, to, they totally are. It's like, <laughs> and you know, as Zach pointed out on his Drag Race episode, it's like these are some of the most on on the fringe like of society people that you'll ever like see on a television screen where they're like talking about all the sex they've done or like you know you know like their messed up sex lives or like having children like by themselves as like gay men it's like you know if i were to like you know i imagine all these like libtard parents like showing them showing kids this i'm just like they're not they're gonna just be scared by like the drag queens putting up makeup on their face because they look horrifying yeah it's it's really it freaks me out i've always been scared of clowns and uh, yeah, it's... Har- Har- harlequins and stuff like that. My grandmother used to have all these harlequin masks in her house. They would freak the shit out of me. They just looked weird. Um, and so looking at, you know, the drag queens putting stuff on and, you know, and they're talking to each other. Like drag queens are the only ones that are allowed, only white people who are allowed to get away with AAVE, right? <laughs> because like a white drag queen can be like, girl, what you talking about? Like acting like a black woman, basically. <laughs> and it's like, <clears throat> yeah no i think we're gonna watch classical baby or blues clues <laughs> or something like that like, like we don't we don't need to although my son did play tony hawk with me when i was like refreshing for this tony hawk one and two not underground um but anyway i won't derail the conversation i know we're going into need uh, for speed uh, uh, trust me i've as i said beforehand it's like we're, we will go where we go like mm-hmm. i'm not a stick uh, probably not even going to cut anything out just because why i that's literally like whenever i get like when i've been editing this it's like why like it's more fun to just keep talking like if it's i i, I really love just like 
pods that just like you there's like one thing someone will say and it's like we're gonna spend 10 minutes on that like <laughs> i i don't like i mentioned in the first episode uh to jack this great po- it was the only podcast that i had heard prior to like discovering this circle which was sleepy cast um which was done all by the these new grounds animators and it was from what i can gather it was like come town but for like a different sect of people who like grew up on new grounds animations like i did you know mm-hmm. like these guys will have like drunken screaming matches about why cut dicks are better than uncut dicks or something like that like it just insane off the cuff doesn't matter like conversations and they they're they're like recording in like this echoey like like shipping container that was their office it was in philadelphia it was it was really great vibes like for the three years that it ran and obviously like i love and support these guys as they do their own creative ventures but like that period where they were just getting drunk off their minds just like getting into screaming matches over would you fuck the green m&m or not like (laughs) And like one of them literally drew a porn, drew like uh, the green M&M getting fucked and is like, would you and then like started screaming at the other person? It's like, why aren't you, why aren't you getting horny to this? <laughs> I'm going to start doing that in the group chats with Kelby and I. I'm just going to start <laughs> posting pictures of uh, random like vor porn that I find or something and be like, why is nobody getting, t- why is nobody getting turned on here? am i the only one geez you guys are missing out or something look look, it's uh you know it's 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 piccolo but he's pregnant with with go with gohan oh fucking hell (laughs) the thing is is i know you're like it's like those people exist but like they tend to be like one of the more like fascinating people you'll ever meet it's like how i wonder always like how do they get to this and like the guy on the sleepy cast podcast like where he drew the green m&m getting fucked it's like he was some like he grew up in like middle of nowhere missouri with like a pervert dad in his own words who looked Mm -hmm. like freddie mercury but as a bodybuilder and i'm just like Mm -hmm it's amazing the things things that lead up to like being an animator online and drawing that the, stuff lead to be getting turned on by the girls in need for speed underground like, <laughs> exactly like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of underground and you know video game girls but uh need for speed underground came out on november 17th 2003 it came out for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube. It even had a Game Boy Advance version. It even had an arcade version that was only in Japan. Um, Basically, you know, this game was everywhere that you could play. You know, EA, uh, you know, Need for Speed has been their tentpole racing franchise for the better part since, like, 1994 when the first game came out on the uh, much-beloved 3DO uh, that's where the series got its start. Uh, not on the PlayStation. It started on the 3DO that basically no one owned. Um, but Underground was kind of like a soft reboot, <clears throat> sort of refresh of the series. Prior to this game, the games had basically been sort of more traditional racers, like arcade racers where it's all about driving super exotic cars in like, you know, 
farmlands or mountains or you know towns it it was a very simple game but when the playstation 2 came around ea decided to give the franchise to a newcomer studio named black box uh who i always think about how much of a gamble that was in hindsight because black box's prior games were nhl games and one nascar game so i can't imagine being ea even back in 2001 and two saying uh to, you know with the you know the benefit of hindsight now of what ea has become with their franchises and any studio they own it's like for them to say we're giving a rookie studio our biggest racing franchise and we're going to let them take the franchise in a new direction focus squarely on tuner culture it's like that i i wish that ea would do that still but you know hey this was a different time a different you know mood in general but underground really was a massive shift for the series it went from pure racing to tuner culture where it was about customizing cars it was about doing drag races it was very much that racing became like an aesthetic not just a pure gameplay experience it was being engulfed in this soundtrack you know as uh as you boot up the game you get that amazing little john and the east side boys get low just blasts on your crt tv with that uh that orange skyline on the box art it's like if there's ever like a you know example of like pinpoint precision on a vibe in a game ever underground is like i would show that to like if i were to be a professor i'd be like this is it if you want vibes this is the game so this is, yeah this is how you boot up a game yeah so i w- what are y'all's experience with underground like i said it was a big um aside from being like the big bonding experience with my dad at the time uh it opened up a lot of uh how it was like kind of going back to what you were saying about the avatar thing it was like uh feeling like you're in that world and actually the like kind of more fantasy element which goes into the storyline. The storyline is to all about fulfilling your fantasy, right? Of like mm-hmm. being on the cover of a magazine, um, having the baddest ass tuner car and being the best street racer. It had that uh, fantasy fulfillment by being like exactly what you wanted at the time. Like, you know, we're like, you know, I came up, uh, I don't even like, talking about it in this way but just facts you know I came up poor like you know just Mm -hmm. bored all the time always getting into trouble because you know it's not like you got your parents money to go jack off with at the at the mall or something so you're just like uh getting into trouble all the time and shit and like um like sit circling shit and tuner mags and like dreaming about that shit and then like being real into like Fast and the Furious was a I think the first dvd that we had in my mm-hmm. household and just watching that shit all the time it was like uh it was it, it was a vibe like it yeah. it, it just <clears throat> had this it matched the way life felt at the time 
except mm-hmm. in a good way like it felt good to boot up underground and like yeah. uh escape for a minute but kind of feel like you were there like because it's the shit that you daydream about all day yeah no i i, I totally feel that like uh, it i think it ta- it it helps having no context like the prior entry in the series was hot pursuit 2 which was continuing on that sort of old aesthetic which was like arcade racing with the exotic you know like lamborghinis and you know ferraris but then when you boot up underground you know where it it's like the first game that i remember that had a psa before you even got to play it it had like a real life racer like to talk to you and say yeah, no, this, uh, remember to drive safe. And uh, what, what what you do in this game is not real life. It makes, it's like, you know, you, you see all this sort of aesthetic flourishes that they did. Like the name, the big thing to me is like the city that you drive in, which is Olympic City, I think is the name. It's, uh, it's like always nighttime. It's drenched in neon. Like you have like that sort of early cell phone culture that's like sort of, omnipresent in the game where all the like gauges and the ui elements are very sort of old like uh phone kind of like uh, i guess ui like i don't know what to describe i don't know how to like say what that you know how like numbers or it's text like nokia screen yeah it's aesthetic. every yeah exactly it's like the nokia interface and you're driving through this nighttime city and lights are constantly blurring past you and you have this rocking soundtrack full of you know from anything from like just straight up rock to hip-hop or rap you know it 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 has the benefit you know with the playstation 2 it's like things are real realer than they have ever been and it's like what you said kelby it's like it's not like a full-on escapism, like let's say like a Final Fantasy could give you. It's like what you imagine your life to be when you're older. It's like I want to have, I want to have that Nissan 350Z, and I want to fully make it chrome with like tribal, you know, tribal paint all down the side with the biggest spoiler, with the best nitrous kit. Like it. It, it has that fulfillment, that wish fulfillment element to it, but it feels so grounded in rea- reality with all these little flourishes that like it, it's kind of just like, you know, it, it was a mixture of the right time, you know, with the Fast and the Furious franchise starting like two years beforehand and all that stuff. But if you were to like, in terms of nailing, a vibe a mood and aesthetic it's like damn if they didn't hit a home run i don't know what you could say about underground like it's i i always i i always go back to it and not many other need for speeds yeah i i to this day like um knock on wood but my car is like on its last leg like you know it's got like three hundred thousand miles on it and i've crashed it and Mm -hmm. like all kinds of shit but i still like need it i don't want a car payment but um (laughs) you know been thinking about like okay what am i what would i like to get or whatever and the very first thing which is irresponsible because you know i got a, a growing family and everything but like uh 
I just I'm like, what about like a skyline with a neon kit and like a spoiler? <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, like this game is for me like why a Nissan Skyline is so like the coolest car ever. Like mm-hmm. I I will attribute like the Need for Speed franchise, even like the Gran Turismo games, it's like I I always have like this very soft spot to like cars in general. And it's like, this game is like indoctrination to young boys. It's like cars are the coolest thing ever. Look what you can do with a car. Like you can make it like not in, make it look completely different from like, you know, the factory and you can just make it your own and you can be the best racer or like the coolest guy. Like I, I, I really do attribute, underground to it because it shifted the franchise away from you know the exotic to the reality like real things like the game starts off and you drive an acura like mm-hmm. uh like in a pretty normal acura if i remember like it wasn't like obviously they like, you it, the game gives you like a tuned up acura and all that stuff but like i i remember it's like oh this is a complete shift where like one of like the prior need for speed one of the first cars you get is like a lotus elise and it's like i'm (laughs) never gonna drive that i'm never gonna i'm never gonna be able to like say like yeah that's you know when i when i'm like a kid and i'm like what do i want for a first car i want a car from britain that like no american has ever heard of like i want a nissan skyline because this is the dopest shit ever Mm -hmm. it's like you can get a skyline for Three thousand bucks, you can import one, a two thousand six skyline. So it's yep. uh I don't it's know about happening. anything else. It's happening. It's happening. That's yeah. my next whip. The dream <laughs> is finally coming true. You, you everything's every, everything's gotten ch- like cheaper now, so you can actually get one. You, you heard it here first. Kelby Losak's new car is a Nissan Skyline from two thousand six. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. much is nitrous oxide? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I haven't looked into that. I'll have to get back to you on that one. But... I have a buddy named Matt in in El Paso, and he imported a Nissan Silvia. Um, it was it was pretty cool. It was weird too because the the steering wheel was on the right side. It was a very odd experience driving in that. He had to jump through a bunch of hoops to get that thing like, you know, legal to drive. But yeah, <laughs> it was uh it was it was pretty tight, but it. It makes me think about uh, people who are really into, um, <clears throat> like, into car, car culture, because mm-hmm. uh, cars are cool. But for me, like, I have a Chevy Trax that I drive because it's a very sturdy and safe vehicle that gets me from point A to point B. It's also kind of my trash can, which is funny because <laughs> I'm like a really clean person in my house, like my my mom and my grandma and my aunt they all had a cleaning business when I was growing up. So I'm, I'm very, you know, focused on, you know, mopping and dusting and all this kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, when I get into a car, I'm just like water bottle done. All right, cool. Like those, <laughs> me- th- those, those memes that show like, uh, you know, a car that has, you know, a hundred empty Newport packs, like piled up on the passenger <laughs> side floorboard. And they're like, Oh, just move that shit to the back. It's cool. Like <laughs> I got to move a few things. That's totally my car, right? But I do, uh, Need for Speed Underground for me was a game that I would play. Uh, I feel like everybody when they are like 15, 16 years old. So when this game came out, 
I would have been uh, just about to turn 16. This, this came out like a month before I turned 16. But uh, every, every kid who's about that age has, in 2003, had a super age-inappropriate friend who <laughs> hung out with you for whatever reason. And my friend was, uh, his name was Frankie. Shout out to Frankie, wherever you are. Hopefully you're still alive. Uh, but Frankie had like a hearing aid. So he talked kind of, you know, funny. Mm -hmm. uh but he would buy you know booze and weed and whatever and we go to his house and watch like steven seagal movies uh and we talked to him because he was an adult he was probably like 25 26 at the time we'd ask him about like girls and stuff he'd be like all you gotta do is fuck them in the ass um, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> in, in regards to what to get I, to get them to marry you or what i have no idea what he was trying to say he was trying to, he's like yo you had that go over you should have fucked her in the ass um <laughs> 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 But it was a different time. Frankie was a real sweetheart, though. He um, <clears throat> he dedicated his whole life to, you know, to like taking care of his younger brother who had like a severe mental disability. Right. And, you know, was the kind of, you know, mentally retarded where you could you could tell just like by looking, you know. So he kind of took care of this kid all day, uh, you know, for his parents. And then he worked and he had like this tricked out Honda Civic with tens in it. And that, I remember that was my first experience with being in a car where the music is so loud and the trunk is rattling so hard that you can't hear the music. And mm -hmm. I'd be like, Frank, Frankie, like, why do you fucking do this, dude? He's like, I can't fucking hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we would play Need for Speed Underground over at his place and watch Steven Seagal movies and fucking, you know, that was a really cool, like shitty, empty apartment where we would have parties. And my buddy JJ, who was like this uh, cholo who was super into ICP, who wanted to be a tattoo. He's actually how I met my wife. Like his sister <laughs> was my wife's best friend at, at, the, at the time. Uh, I hated that bitch. Not my <laughs> wife, but the girl. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, he would like be giving people because he would tattoo pig ears and shit like that to like practice. And so he would do tattoos of like, like girls would come and get tramp stamps from, from, I'm not going to say, I won't say, it. did I say his name already? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did. Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway it, I'm not saying anything like out of school or whatever. I used to like, do that. I used to do the same thing. I tattooed yeah. underage girls when I was, I was also underage. But like, right. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but need for speed underground would be on in the background and like, just like a bunch of like, you know, drunk Mexicans would be like screaming at each other. <laughs> like, 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 oh, fucking put a spoiler on it, homie. Come on. Like, what are you, like, that, like that kind of shit. Like, um, so I have a lot like that, that game in particular, more so than Tony Hawk, even though I personally have more of a connection to the Tony Hawk games. Uh, that is more inextricably linked from that particular time, you know, mm -hmm. in my in my life yeah i mean the world of adulthood right like that's what the yeah. car rep represents like i was just turning 16 i was about to get my mom's 1996 nissan quest baby blue uh like i was gonna do some crazy i actually did fucking that because rios and i started dating <laughs> very soon after that once I got the car, she was like oh look at this guy look at this guy with this set of wheels um 
but uh like you know it's it's this cusp of adulthood for me that's where need for speed underground was and it and it's linked to you know hanging out with this guy i don't know why he was hanging out with us um he never fucked any of us so far as i know never fucked me so i don't think it was that i think it was just like maybe because of his hearing impairment like he, he couldn't hang out with people his age because <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just like i you know because like me for whenever you know like when i wanted to do this episode like you know i've the first the prior two episodes like twisted metal black has like a very unique aesthetic to it it's a very dark and very just it's kind of a dangerous feeling game and it kind of, it's one of it has i have a very soft spot to it you know it's my first m-rated game and then you know mirror's edge which is like one of the first it's like the game that got me like into games it, itself like i remember seeing that game on gametrailers.com and all that stuff like those two like you know and they have like you know stories and all this stuff but like when i was like i want to do an underground need for speed underground sam's like uh what is there to talk about because like tony hawk underground uh need for speed underground introduces a story mode to the series um and i tweeted this out yesterday to say that need for speed underground has a story is being generous because this is like the most like paper thin like uh story where it's like you are some like nobody in this city and you want to be the best but if there's one thing that i do appreciate about the stories it has a little bit of that fantasy fulfillment where the game opens up where you are driving that acura and like you uh and it's fully customized and all this stuff and you just you know smoke the competition but it turns out that was a dream uh and you're woken up by this uh lovely girl named samantha uh, and uh, she wakes you up to the reality of that you're some no-show uh who wants to be the best uh best in olympic city and how to make or make it or break it in the scene of import culture and illegal street racing uh and there's like tj who's like the one of her friends who can upgrade stuff for you there's and then there's eddie who's like the bad guy like where he's more or less just like taunting you pretty much for the most game. It's, it's very cute. It's like, it, it's, it really does feel like a racing game developer uh, said, what if we did a story mode? And this is what happens when you uh, give a developer who has no idea, like what makes a quote story investing. Like <laughs> I, I, I always find like this and this speaks broadly to the need for speed franchise this series cannot do a story mode as far as i'm concerned like the best one is most wanted but it has like that blacklist that you climb with all these like really over the top caricatures like i remember in that game like there's the the asian guy who you first face off game named sunny in his golf uh, i remember that guy and razor the <laughs> the the most wigger man of who's ever lived like in his like mustang that's all black with a flame painted on it it's like damn dude this guy's this guy's the edgiest guy you've ever met i wanted like, to play as him most he, wanted. yeah i mean he had 
God, man, most I most wanted is another Need for Speed. I have such fond memories. Just that dirty, gross city where you're outrunning the most ballistically insane cops I've ever seen in a game. Like, uh, like that's like as good as a Need for Speed story can get. But like, I I think of the other entries in the series where you have like where they basically repeat that story it's over and over again because they don't know what else to do like like they have need for speed undercover which is like the same thing you have like they tried to do a michael bay type game with the run uh from like 2012 they had like need for speed the run which was like trying to be a michael bay movie where you're like outrunning as like a fugitive and you like get out of the car and have like quick time events to like get through explosions it's it's insane <laughs> it's 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 cute i'll say it's cute uh then i think of like the most recent entry in the series uh heat need for speed heat which is a uh, i i tr- i booted it up and i'm like wow this is a zoomer simulator like all these like characters this multinational group of races in this like fictional Miami and like they all have like zoomer they have like zoomer fashion and it's like but like somehow these like adorable little kids are somehow the most like aggressive street racers in this town like what is going on here (laughs) like they should make a new one called like need for speed they them and it's about uh, like a zoomer who's trying to pay for their gender reassignment surgery. <laughs> they, they gotta rack up the pink slips to try. But it, and instead of customizing your car, you're customizing oh your gender. Basically, <laughs> like you're like cut the dick off. This is add a, it's, add a spoiler. It's by it the does. end of it, you're like a you're like a dinosaur. Like, yes, finally, I feel comfortable in yeah. my body. Yeah, no, it, it it like each time, like 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 throughout the game, you can customize your character even more but it's like the default creator so it's like you can just keep changing your costume and like the story like acknowledges that you go from like a normal person to like a green skinned like shrek looking thing it's like Mm -hmm. your car your car is still a piece of shit but everybody lets you win because you tell them that they're racist if they (laughs) so the the mechanic of the game is you have to you have to actually shame the people properly it's more of like a Kind of like a JRPG dating simulator with like a little bit of racing. <laughs> you have, you have dialogue. You have dialogue choices. It's like Fallout where you have to like put all your skills into like an intelligence and be like you get like a specific uh, like dialogue option. Be like you have to be this smart, uh, and you can like pull out uh, microaggressions that the mechanics giving against you. I mean, that would be kind of funny. That would be great. Wonder if that's what they're doing with this newer newest entry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a like a trans need for speed, I think is the way to go. It's the way to move it into 2022. Yeah, yeah. Fuck body horror. The real mods are in the cars. They're, they're missing. They're missing the, final, the genre. Right there. The final. The final level takes place in Thailand because you have to go there to your <laughs> in Bangkok. The final race in Bangkok to the to the clinic. You know, in, in it's like five. oh we're. We're gonna be late. I'll get a discount if I'm on time. And you have to outrun Donald Trump as he's trying to <laughs> take away take away your dream. Yeah, and they can have all that like obnoxious, like uh, you know, uh, super amaze balls kind of speak in it. That's, that's oh, common in oh games my, now. Oh, have you, you have either of you seen that Saints Row game that just came out? 
Oh, I see. That's what made me think of it, right? Oh, so, like, in, in this new Need for Speed, whenever you win a race, your character can be like, "Well, that just happened," you know. <laughs> but I just won this race, and now I can just go touch grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my God, I. I man, man, I that new Saints Row pissed me the fuck off. As someone who like played the original two, like the original three, I was like, "How do you like?" I get it. They're trying to get like the young Zoomers like into their game, and so like they have, uh, but but still, it's like you get you make all these quote gang members look like they're from like Apple like mm-hmm. taking over like what i'm assuming is vegas like it looked like they were trying to do a vegas setting it's like this is what you came up with like annoying minorities who are all like quipping like they're in a marvel movie but like i just dude i just had a random thought by the way out of nowhere the they them thing right people talk about this all the time and it's stupid because it doesn't matter like call yourself whatever I, I literally don't care however i just had this thought because we're doing <laughs> you know need for speed they them <laughs> if, uh, if if your pronouns are they them and everybody has to call you they them then you also are required to not say i but to say we right? because <laughs> the, you have to be held to the same standards that i do like your speech has to be confusing now as well right it's all cool but it's not fair if you get to say i wait who is the i i is singular one thing right they is multiple. It's a collective it's a collective so you have bid. to you you have to commit to the bit and say commit we from bit. now on otherwise me, it's not fair and you're being I, mean to me when we say we we mean all the all the mental problems in my head all the fake disease all the fake mental problems in my head that's the voices and that's the we in this situation all the personalities yeah. i invented <laughs> what's funny about the like what's funny and infuriating about the um saints row thing because this is people always want to water down my culture right like anything that's like your culture I, yeah wigger culture <laughs> or, or the other igor culture um they, like, the other igor that's, that's the that's the name of your biography dude when you write a memoir one day it's gonna be called the other igor <laughs> where it's like you gotta like soften the edges and make it palatable right it's like do you, like so, so what you're so that's so racist so, to, to make saints row palatable for like uh zoomers you know, zoomers correct pronoun people which like but, it'd be great if because there are like i know zoomer dope dealers who like wear like rugrats t-shirts even though they were like not, not born not born <laughs> like their parents were like growing up whenever rugrats was a thing um but they got like rugrats t-shirts and those like jeans that are like not not even ripped in the way ours were back in the day, but like tactically ripped, tactically ripped. Like, yeah, which they're kind of fly, honestly, but um, I wish I wasn't 30 and I could pull it off. (laughs) But, but, and they got the broccoli hair and, you know, like fucking um, perm, the mm -hmm. fucking perm. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of them is just a, just a grade darker than I am. But, uh, but they're still they're like the same they're still they're dope dealers (laughs) there's no edge to that new saints row game like so what we're saying is that uh 
my culture is not your costume to the developers of the new Saint Row. Um, That's what I'm saying, bro. They're being racist. <laughs> like, oh, man, like, like I think you. Know, I, I remember like Johnny Gat in that game, and like that guy's like the meanest motherfucker in the entire like you know the group of saint of the of the saints and like you know the, the, i know saints row is known for being kind of off the walls and goofy like but it still had like moments that are just like damn like that that shit hits like i forget his name in the second game but there's like that that kid that like joins you that helps you get out of the prison and like uh, he gets killed midway through the game. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like you didn't have to do this. It like, was the hardball scene, right? I I think so. Like it was like, like whenever uh, that that was like a trope of the time. Yeah, like, like it. Like I just think like Saints Row, like like show this show this new Saints Row to anybody in like two thousand six, seven, eight, and it'd be like, "Is this is this a joke?" Like it 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 really does feel like it's making fun of the saints game, like the saints row games. I just, as somebody who has like very fond memories of those old games, it's like, like it just, and it, what's even doubly insulting is that it's the same studio that made them volition. It's like, like, do, you, do you, it's like having no reverence for your past. It's like hell, even need for speed, like with heat, which uh, I, I do love heat because it's, it's almost it's very it's the closest the series has gotten to this underground period but you know it has like this it has like a, a daytime segment where it's you can choose to play between day and night or the night is the cops come out and the day is the street racing and it's the closest the series has gotten back to this like specific magic that the under underground one and two and most wanted had it's like uh like even this newer need, these newer, this newer need for speed has reverence for its past. It's not like it doesn't treat these little elements that like make underground so special. It's like, like, you know, the cut, the car customization, which is arguably outside of the racing, like the biggest part of underground. It's like people would spend, I me myself, I would spend hours trying to find the right spray to put on my car or the right spoiler, the right body kit you know, held just the right car. And even this newer need for speeds, like, yeah, we understand that. And so they have a feature where people can make their own designs and you can just download it for free onto your car. Hell yeah. That's like, uh, speaking of which, uh, Kelby, you should try it out because it's actually free this month, I think, on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> so yeah. per perfect, yeah. perfect timing <laughs> for this, like, like Tony Hawk was free on that service last month, and now Need for Speed. It's like PlayStation knows what I'm knows what I'm doing. It's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I gotta get hip to this shit. I like, like how everybody knows. It's like, hey, this is free. Like, no, exactly what we're trying to say. <laughs> no, normally, I hate like all these like subscription service and games where it's like, oh, pay a sixty dollars just to play online games. It's like. Are you like that's stupid because i <laughs> you know i remember that you know growing up on ps3 online it's like that shit was free like and i could do everything i could browse the internet i could browse the internet play games i could play like uh i remember this one ps3 game called mag which stood for massive action game it was a 128 player shooter game which was basically what all these battle royales are doing but like you know like a future war setting 
granted it was a flop but the point being is like i could do all this cool things for free it's like now i have to pay you 60 dollars a year just to like do something very basic that i want to do which is just play games with friends for like an hour or two but like if there's one positive to pull out of it is that like you get to usually they put games that are cool like you know i think like they put the yakuza franchise which i think you guys would love the the yakuza games i'm playing i'm playing zero right now yeah zero's zero's tight i love zero uh Mm -hmm. like i I love that sort of it's that was also i can just walk around in that city you know what i mean like i just i can just walk and vibe out uh and get into fights and you know yeah I spent a lot of time in Yakuza. I haven't made it very far. In fact, I just made it to the uh, where you're the other character, Ponytail Guy. Yeah. Um, because I spent so much time just like walking, walking around. into restaurants and eating fucking ramen noodles. And, just, like, <laughs> and what's out. what's cool about like Yakuza is like it's an open world, but it's more just like an open block of like buildings it's mm-hmm. it's like that perfect it's that perfect balance where it's like there's plenty of things to do but it doesn't feel like you're taking 20 minutes to get to like the thing you want to be at like how mm-hmm. most games do it now it's like mm-hmm. look at this ginormous city we made but like you have to navigate through like 10 minutes of like game made traffic it's like no i want to go into like this little hole in the wall building that has like intricately detailed like things to buy like that's that's the if you were going to make an open world it's like that's that's how you do it. it's like this little little this like little detailed hub world that yakuza does but to get back to need for speed underground it's like i think about how like this was also the period in which like racing games were at their peak of like relevance uh not just for games but i feel like everybody everybody had a racing game that they play like you know you had gran turismo was in its arguably it's like peak cultural relevance at the time you had like on xbox you had forza or the project gotham racing games you had ea also had the burnout series which is one of my favorite game series ever is the burnout burnout games you had like uh midnight club from rockstar oh, yeah. midnight club like it i love how like underground was just like a flavor that you could get from this period it's like there were so many unique experiences that you could do it's like the 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 floodgates have opened so to say and now it's like i get you know the new technology on the street lets us do all these crazy ass things. It's, you know, burnout games. I can crash cars into other cars and watch this highly detailed, you know, recreation of like world scariest police chases where the, the police chase ends in a crash. Like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I can, you know, you go to like need for speed underground series or like midnight club. And it's all about like a vibe and an aesthetic of being in this nighttime, this forever nighttime city, you know, it, you're, you, you are, it's so it, it puts as much value into the cars as it does to the world. And it's like, I, I do always miss this period of racing games because it felt like everybody wanted to play these games and also like get into like cars and i know like 
not everybody's a car guy and I'm to say, you know, I, I'm not like the expert. Like I always enjoy looking at cars in the day to day. Like, you know, if I see some like expensive ass car, I'm like, where the fuck did you get that? Like, I remember in college, like we had a bunch of like Chinese transfer students who would always import their like exotic cars to campus I was like, I always kind of like always made sure to like watch whatever fuck the car. I was like, this is like Need for Speed Underground because these kids are like, these kids who are like, you know, their parents are like millionaires and they're like driving Corvettes with like racing spoilers and like tripped out like body decals and and like on their dashboard is like a bunch of like Disney plush figures like driven by like a tiny girl. I'm just like, dude the 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 Asian uh, car people that's like a real thing. Like, yeah, uh, I, no, when I is. lived in Portland, I fell in with this group of YouTubers uh, who were really popular in Korea for their YouTube channel, which was yeah. all their, their cars, which by the way, <clears throat> going to parties that are full of YouTube personalities is really bizarre. It's like, <laughs> I'll have to write about it someday because it was like fucking weird. But the guy's house, uh, the guy who lived there, he's, he was a really cool guy, but he had this friend who is was like one of the most popular car YouTube uh, people in korea and he was kind of famous for like live streaming him like flipping his car uh <laughs> like, just completely totaling it but this guy was like insane dude he uh he would be like on mushrooms and acid and shit all the time and i remember one time talking to him for like 30 minutes and he was like i used to think that i was god but now i think that you might be god <laughs> like, okay cool yeah i'll take it but anyway he went back to korea he's just getting out of jail now because he went back to korea like with his backpack full of weed which is like a thing you're not supposed to do <laughs> in, in korea but he had this you know this outsized uh, like crazy uh, god complex thing and just thought that he couldn't get caught detour but anyway this, but that's fine lar- large large point is that uh like east asians fuck with cars bro like they 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 fuck with those cars. Tokyo Drift, baby. Oh yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, Tokyo Drift. There's the Tokyo Extreme racing games. I just remember that now. It's like, I mean, like, it's just it's I, the only way I can describe this period of racing with underground. It's like it's just vibes. It's vibe. It's like the most one of the like vibe vibe and ass games I can think of. Like, you know it's really as simple as like getting the box with that orange skyline on the cover and just booting up and you hear, you know, little John just, you know, with that, I like, you tell me, we were like, I posted that screenshot of like someone made like a playlist of the soundtrack. And it's like, you assume, like, as soon as you see that image, that is what I hear. I just hear little, you know, I just hear that song. Like I can, it's images you can hear. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't think some of good shit on there too. There's like there's some good new metal shit on there too. There's like Static X and Rob Zombie and yeah. oh yeah, you know, there's yeah like uh... yeah Static X. Like there's a great sound. Like it's got yeah Rob Zombie, Static X, like Junkie XL, uh, Little John, Nate Dog, Ti was yeah yeah yeah. He's got twenty fours is on there. Like got like Story of the Year, uh, like all. The, that's another thing too. Like, and this will I'll mention we'll mention with a uh, Tony Hawk. It's like these games had great soundtracks. Like, this was the because like 
the ps1 obviously they could like include real music because like see the games are on cds and everything and they could put the actual songs in the games but it's like the this like ea games had like just great soundtracks like i i wish like these companies just like put out like one of those like cds where it's it's like a soundtrack cd where it's just all the songs on there it's like a 26 song soundtrack and you can just pick whatever mood you want to be in yeah there was a um before i guess like playlists would be the like uh evolution out of that but like back in the day it was like you look at the track list on need for speed or tony hawk and then you've got napster open on the computer (laughs) and you start plugging in all of those like oh yeah yeah yeah, i need that i need that i used to love napster i do think that technology peaked in the late 90s early 2000s and if it had never moved on from that we'd be in a much better place right you have myspace which was cool because you let your friends know what was up, who was the most important and who didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Napster was easy to use and it was this beautiful, you know, pirating software that allowed you to discover new bands, right? Because bands would disguise their songs as other people. Like I found one of my favorite bands because somebody had mislabeled um them as like a system of a down song you know Mm -hmm. um it was hard to get on there was a a ritual involved in turning on your computer waiting for it to boot up uh you know waiting for your 56k modem to connect and hearing the sounds right like that 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 otherworldly fucking you know uh semi-satanic chorus of of underworld voices you know trying to like that was that was the perfect time and need for speed underground and tony hawk underground both came out at what i think not just looking back on it nostalgically because i'm 35 years old almost 36 uh but look and you know back then i was in high school and you know there was all this potential and it felt like you know i could do anything when it turns out i could only do like two things um like that to me like, I, I just want to go back to that. If you're able to customize your player in real life and you're allowed to sort of decide where you are in terms of your relationship to cars or technology or skateboarding or movies or whatever, uh, I would pick to be right in that that era that was like this perfect kind of cyborg mesh of, of still reality that still felt physical and mm-hmm. analog and and slightly disconnected from other people uh you know some chords not many but some chords or some phones rather had chords on them still um Mm -hmm. i just like we just should have stopped right there like everything was perfect right there and now i can literally when i turn this computer on to talk to you guys i click the button i'm immediately connected to the internet I click the zoom button and we're automatically here and that's all great. Right. That's it's, it's cool, I guess, but you know, I had to, I did, I rented need for speed underground one time from Hollywood video because I had been playing it at Frankie's house and, you know, I wanted to play it at home, but I I had to go there and I had to rent it in this stupid box and I had to put it in my fucking PlayStation. And I, 
you know, and it was only there for as long as that disc, that physical disc was in there. I, you know, Jax has said a lot of great shit about, you know, the importance of physical media that, you know, kind of got my, my mind moving towards all this kind of stuff, but it really was like, things were convenient because it's, it's not inconvenient to have to drive to Hollywood video and pay $5 to rent something for a week. Right. That's, that's, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Um, and the, and the graphics were just good enough right? yeah. where it's like, I mean, I played, uh, you know, we mentioned this earlier, but I played through all of Elden Ring and Death Stranding and, uh, those games are beautiful and I love them. And I love how, I love how sublime some of those landscapes are in Death Stranding. That's my favorite part for me. Kind of the same as, uh, what I was talking about, uh, where with Yakuza, where I, I just, Death Stranding, I would just wander around and like listen to the Sigur Rós ripoff soundtrack and just like vibe on that game, yeah. you know? Um, but overall, that was like, you know, having to be somewhere at a certain time because there weren't like cell phones weren't really like I didn't text on my Nokia. I played Snake on it, but I, I wasn't texting on it because it was a pain in the ass to do that. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really text, you know, like people would say, we're going to be here at this time. You should come, come through and, and then you'd be there. And, and that was the only time you saw these motherfuckers. You didn't have to see their tweets, you know, where they're talking about I don't know, Donald Trump or the Ukraine or something like that. You know, like yeah. no, nobody was politically deranged. Uh, there was a lot of racial harmony. There was this again this perfect synthesis of of technology and and meat space so to speak mm-hmm. um so yeah looking at these gate like uh, both thug and and need for speed underground like have have made me really uh it's kind of like a sweet depression it's not depression where everything sucks it like it, it feels kind of sexy and 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 velvety and nice to be mm-hmm. this kind of sad but uh but i miss it man I want to yeah come back. Like, to just add in before we can go into thug but it's like having to put effort in to get that thing made you want to like see it through like use use all the time you had with this thing like i remember growing up and like we had a blockbuster nearby us and it's like whenever my mom would take me to rent a game it's like i wanted to play that game as much as i could you know try to get to the if there was like no ending to the game it was about like getting every bang for the buck of that rental fee like out of that game or if it was like a game with a story it's like all right i'm trying to like beat this game as you know as or try to get as far as I could and then just like, ah, rent it again. But like there, there is like a magic of this period where it's like having to go and get, get it and not have it like, you know, if you were to buy a physical game, it's not like, Oh, I can just go on Amazon and it's here in like three to three or so days or whatever. You know, I, I fondly miss this period. You know, there's in Charlotte here, there's, um, there's a, a video rental store called Visart Video, which I love to bits and I need to go back soon. But it's it's a vi- it's Blockbuster, but for now, but it's the like largest video rental store on the East Coast. And it's like 
when I first went there and I got to see a bunch of movies, I, there was like that sort of thrill of being like, okay, I, I have like a, I guess you could say like a homework list to do. I have, mm-hmm. I have like four movies and I got to get through them in five days. Like, That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. You have skin in the game, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? Like you, you, you have to watch those. And uh, yeah, just, you know, the ritual of going to a place where you get the boobies from, I totally relate to what you're talking about because I, you know, like everybody else, I download games. I had to, I got the, my PS5 with just, it's like digital only, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was cheaper. Uh, but yeah, it kind of sucks, right? Like I can't, I can't, even GameStops now kind of suck, you know? Oh, I have I was in one to get Tekken 7 like two weeks ago and it was like a good chunk of the store had like streaming equipment, like green yeah. like green screens and microphones and headsets. Right. It's like right. I remember when game when I first discovered GameStops, it's like it was the entire store was all games. Mm-hmm. It you had kiosks there to try out consoles and play new games like the the consoles had like specifically uh like user interface to just try a ton of games out like demos or watch trailers it's like nowadays it's like the games the games part of gamestop only takes up like half the store the other is like if that right because there's like dragon ball z t-shirts and yeah it's like anime merch yeah it's like anime merch like reddit anime merch and it's like I I always it's just like where where what happened like I know what what happened obviously like just like the larger culture just kind of sort of succumbed to this like malaise like entertainment that just kind of blurred together where it's like I have to collect you know this like weird little Funko Pop thing to like solidify that I'm a fan of a thing but it's like I, I I, I really do miss like the the brick and mortar store just going there you know whether if it was like a rental store or just like an actual place that was just dedicated to games like it wasn't mm-hmm. it was all it was a store made for games like even blockbuster you know obviously its main thing was movies but like at least at my blockbuster like the entire one of the walls was just games like all of it like mm-hmm. I just miss I miss that period and like I I do I feel bad for the children so to say it's like mm-hmm. they 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 really don't understand like yeah they won't know yeah like cuz it's all to them it's just like downloading the new game spending money on their parents credit card to get them like the new Fortnite character skin that like looks like a monster like I, I it's just like uh, the underground, both underground. I've, I keep want to say like, I keep thinking like it's two different titles where it's like, oh yeah, Need for Speed Underground and Tony Hawk's, you know, whatever. Like, like I'm specifically talking about underground, but no, I had to say undergrounds, both of them. But this was such a magical period where it's like that the whole 2000s, I guess you could say, like even I would say the PS3 and the Xbox 360, the OG Xbox, the GameCube, PS2, like, and it's just like a, oh, I, I kind of just like it as this little untouched, like, period of time where just things were rolling, rolling at full speed ahead. Like, you just had a new game coming out 
every you know few weeks and it's something like a cool experience that just can't be like replicated anymore or uh, only is unique to that period i guess yeah it takes a lot of will to bring back that because the key the key elements are vibes and ritual you have Mm -hmm. to like maintain all this like all the new shit is fine i was thinking about it when you brought up death stranding and like death stranding isn't amazing because of the lush landscapes that feel and move like photo realistically or like or like realistically realistically um it it sustains a vibe like that game succeeds in sustaining a vibe and like with the immediate um interaction and connection like what we do with uh, a lot of these podcasts like sitting here talking with y'all right now um whenever we've gone on like perfume nationalist like everything is it like the vibes are there like you know i wouldn't trade mm-hmm. this in just because i want i miss the aol interface or like the myspace top friends like I wouldn't trade this in right now so it's not like the uh but it takes a heart like it takes more um willpower to uh create a space like that now because you have to like with the technology that exists everything is in your hands to cultivate mm-hmm. that that vibe and keep doing the ritual whereas like it's even in the like um it's even in the drug culture, like, you know, with the pre-rolls and shit or like pens that are loaded. Yeah, up. It's totally. Like, no, you got to go buy the Rillos, you know, <laughs> whether it's the Swishers or the Night Owls or whatever, split that shit open, dump the tobacco out and like separate the seeds and like all that shit. Totally. And, uh, well, yeah, you um, go, you, you go. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say really quick. Um, I'm, I'm cool to keep talking, but I grossly misunderestimated how much beer I had. <laughs> uh, so I actually need more beer. The gas station's like five minutes away. Uh, what are you thinking, guys, in, in terms of, of like the, the convo? And is it cool if I run to the gas station real quick? Yeah, I I think it's a perfect time for a break. You know, we can you can go get your beer and we can just get back with Underground or Tony that, Hawk's Underground. Is that yeah. is that cool, Kelby? You cool with That's that? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, I'll be back in like 10, 15 minutes. I'm sorry about this, guys. I didn't oh, I didn't plan oh, adequately. Oh, it's my fault. It's no worries. I just got this important meeting to make at 11:30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be back. All right. Music power. Yo, my method for my musical madness, move and motivate those with musical talents. Uh in bold print, we holding it down. Lick a shot, hip hop when we in your town. Uh, master blast the sound. Freak the future, far from here and now. We'll style. 
release, increase the peace. Uh, bubble with the beat, they feeling the heat in the streets. Now each one, teach one, each one, young gun on one. Listen to the warriors drum, beating up the block with the ghetto hop to knock and make you wanna crash the spot in the lock. Explode the alpha and the mega cold with drum rolls and old soul. We uphold and foretold the scores of six years ago. Fast flow from G rap to cool mode, super syllable, major to the minimal. Every individual bounce to the temple, yo. Lungs collapsing, raps we trapped in. The only way to make it happen, jaw jabbing fast, yo. I'm the hot dog, the runner, hottest monologue installed, poetic inserts, and yes, y'all. My speech is like holding two blocks of peace to outreach that rock police. The super adventure member, tenor, Poseidon, adventure swimmer, rewrite the Emmy winner, get hype off any printer, and I came to get it, hit it. Like Operation Push, operate the touch, black octopus, the soul. And then a Terry trying to patrol, a planet, my goal, and lo and behold, it's the rubber dock, ready to rock, rock. It don't stop, hops, I knock like the lumberjack, chop, chop. The word smith, for writing block letters, a curse, a curse for circus, service, surface. And watch how the brother get over The fly casting over with the frankincense odor Yeah, no, I knew whenever you uh, uh, brought up Tony Hawk and Need for Speed I was like, this is this is gonna be a big one I mean, like yo like I, I tony hawk was such like a present thing in my life growing up it's like one of the first games that i remember just like because i always say it's like the ps1 was there in the house and i had my few games there that were like on the shelf and you know obviously i played them and stuff but it's like when i it's like magically a PS2 appeared in the house not too long after, which clearly was just my brothers got bored and there's like, Hey, we have like a really young brother. Who's like, probably would think this is cool. It's like Tony Hawk was like there. Like, I don't remember like, like having to rent it or buy it. Like it was just like, Oh, Hey, the PS2 is now here. And Tony Hawk is the include is here too. It's like, it's, it's something that I knew I wanted to talk about, but it's like, you know, it's always hard to like, when, when I was thinking about doing the show, it's like, I obviously want to talk about games that matter to me and games I think are important to the medium and the art form. You know, that's why I opened the show with like Twisted Metal Black as like, that game has a very special place in my heart being the first m-rated game i ever played and it really left an impact on my mind like you know when you're 12 years old and you see like grim darks seven inspired visuals with serial killers insane people blowing up you know these characters on screen and bystanders running away in fear like it it affects your brain a little bit but like I really kind of comes that's where I wanted it's like I want to be able to share the games that like matter at least to me like and this even speaks for games that I haven't necessarily played even like I would love to talk about it would give me an excuse to like play so many of these games I have now like there's there's a ton of games that I haven't played like that I always wanted to play like I want to like trying to like look on here on my shelf it's like i want to be able to play like kill switch which is like it was the first it was one of the first third person shooters yeah, like that yeah. like uh it kind of was like 
the game before Resident Evil 4 that popularized popu I can I can never say popularized, right? And I'm I've been drinking too, so it's like, oh boy, the slurring's coming. But <laughs> like Kill Switch was like that game that had that sort sort of camera that Resident Evil 4 had that like changed the industry afterwards. Like I want to be able to play that finally, or I want to be able to play like, you know like Xeno Saga, which is part of like the Xeno Gears, Xeno sort of broad series of games. Like I want to be able to play stuff like this. And this show kind of gives me like an excuse to do that. It's like, oh, cool. Like I kind of have that drive in me that I had as a kid where it's like, I want to seek out everything and want to be able to play everything. It's like, you know, I, I have fucking sega saturn games like what normal person has sega <laughs> saturn games now it's like uh, like i have like a sega saturn game called soviet strike i have no idea what that is but it sounds dope as it hell sounds dope. it's like i have like uh what else is like a bizarre thing that i own like i have genesis games like sure there's people who have like nostalgia for that but it's like there's a lot of genesis stuff even though like i was like big into emulating when i was in high school and college just like trying to download roms onto my laptop or my computer like there's some like genesis games i never got around to it's like the first genesis game i got when i got it was like lotus turbo challenge never heard of that before but it's I played it for like an hour and I was like, this is pretty fun. It's hard as shit. But it's like this early attempt at like a racing game. I was like, that's that's pretty dope. I have Shaq Fu. <laughs> that sounds tight. Uh, it's a it's a fighting game where Shaq is the main character. That's amazing. And it's so... apparently apparently it's terrible. <laughs> it's like it's noted as like one of the worst games ever, but like you know peak shack mania it's like hell yeah i want to bust out this cartridge (laughs) (laughs) that was uh that reminds me of the michael jackson um versus zombies yeah moonwalker (laughs) yeah (laughs) which was an an arcade game and a genesis game and it's like you know i i just want to be able to play that it's like I want to play the michael jackson sega genesis game albeit that's game that game's expensive to get for obvious reason yeah i think it's like a hundred dollars god but i mean that makes sense like it's a michael jackson game it's like it's like the only one so it's like of course it's expensive but like like that's there's so many games that were made that are just like cool like they do something interesting like i remember like playing half-life 2 and i was like this game changed i i want to talk about like half-life 2 like because that game really like opened my eyes to the possibilities like it, it it's just wholly unique to it it really feels like the cool like the most amazing game ever made if you've ever played it mm-hmm. yeah it's like it really kind of just opened the doors down for everything yeah it was kind of like a uh uh simulator for a lot of physics without like feeling like a simulator oh yeah like they 
yeah like they had like pu- like physics puzzles that just like break up like just because they could because they were just like let's show off our new engine like mm-hmm. we have a how do you get to this high up ledge oh you put like a bunch of cinder blocks on this like teeter totter to get yourself up it's like <laughs> but it doesn't feel it doesn't like do what like bad games do or it's like where it tells you like oh look at the seesaw it's like the sea this like teeter totter seesaw like is part of the environment you like you figure it out yourself like everything about half-life feels so real like even though it's not real it's like this dystopian eastern european city overrun by aliens in like a covidian type way but like it feels so grounded in reality that it's like even if you are fighting aliens in like these burned out buildings it's more real than most games or even any media feels to me it's like and and half-life just also is like that you know like peak valve like all the valve games are just of that era are just amazing like team fortress 2 left for dead one and two uh portal uh the half-life two episodes like I like I remember because I was on like YouTube when YouTube was starting out I remember there was like a whole culture of people who would have you ever heard of Gmod yeah 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 people would just use Gmod to make animations with all the tools available like I remember just being like to me like at a young teenage age I was like Valve is all I ever want like they can make anything like they they make everything for me like i have like my zombie game i have my sci-fi game i have my puzzle game i have you know you name it like you had like my multiplayer shooter game i had like my physics playground with gmod i had like counter-strike with my serious like every valve was just so omnipresent in everything i was like man this is like what games could do and it's just it's sad to realize like valve's not done anything since then basically which is like heartbreaking in hindsight it's like the only thing valve has done in the last 10 years is a new counter-strike yeah they were a flash in the pan yeah it's like i i hope that that valve can come back albeit that valve was kind of create created the valve of the last 10 years where it was like oh yeah we made this online distributing platform called steam that lets you buy all these games to your computer and you don't you know you don't have to you know get like the cd roms like those big cd rom cases for pc games anymore mm-hmm. but now it's like valve's like why would we do anything else this makes all the money we could ever need <laughs> It's like because your valve <laughs> literally i mean literally that's like the reason why it's like your valve you made literally some of the best games of all time in like a like eight year span like without even trying it seemed like yeah like but... por- the the original portal was made by college students that valve was like your idea is cool we want you to make a game for us based off this idea like yeah but yeah like these like college students they showed off a prototype of like 
using portals to like navigate an environment and like a valve one of the high ups at valve was like because they like showed it off in an event to see, see like, like if they showed off to an event to see if they could uh like get it get a job there like it was one of those like networking things or whatever and they showed it to them they're just like no we want you all to make a game for us based off this like that was the excitement like it was like a bunch of artists just saying we have full faith in your idea let's make this sort of thing now now that uh david's already back somehow i'm actually um, i was doing need for speed motherfucker i was gonna say how long is that gone i don't it didn't seem like very long no it's like 10 minutes maybe maybe less here's I'm gonna go take a piss and get a drink. Gonna take a sprinkle. Yeah, take a sprinkle. Yeah, go sprinkle. <laughs> yeah, I really like where I live now. It's very suburban, and mm-hmm. what that means is that it's uh, it's very drivable. Um, not a whole ton of traffic, and gas stations just everywhere. I just pretty much pull. Like I had a gas station close to where I lived in my last place, but it was. It was Tweakerville. Uh-huh. My wife and I decided that we couldn't live in Tweakerville with a with a child anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some of the just crazy shit. Like there were two homeless people in like Olivia Newton John Jim Spandex, like fucking <laughs> the aqueduct in front of my house. Uh, so was that it was just like yeah, we can't live there anymore? Was that where like early agitators were recorded? Because I remember uh-huh. I remember yeah. you would mention uh or at least in your book i remember you mentioned like the characters like walking like when you would go walking you would mention these like bizarro characters so i was just curious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no and and so like living here now it is the most fucking just like strip mall uh you know there's a Taco Bell. There are two Taco Bells, each within like a mile of where I live, but in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, it's so totally my speed. Yeah. You know? like, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Can... <laughs> Oklahoma always seems like a, it's like a state you never like, when you think about it, there's like, at least for me, like when I think of Oklahoma, I think of the movie <laughs> to bring back before we were recording, like talking about tornadoes. I think of the movie Twister. Yeah. Like that's all like, I just think of like endless pastures or fields. And then like, there's like a little town just like right there. Like uh, that's always what, like, I always think of Oklahoma. I think of Norman just because Oklahoma the you know the football team is there that's where that's where i lived yeah yeah like i can i only know it's like tulsa and oklahoma city or norman whatever i can't remember the if norman is like part of oklahoma city i, I don't it's know a suburb it's where i went to college i went to ou okay mm-hmm. so yeah we have a big uh big football culture there i used to work yeah. at a 
little hot dog restaurant on campus corner and mm-hmm. uh, all the football players would come in and get fucking hammered and <laughs> so that the craziest thing i ever saw there was like a wild west old-timey saloon fight where somebody smashed someone else through a table because it's big boys you know big yeah boys um, and um they would just get i don't even know i guess it's just youth and being you know overall metabolically and cardiovascularly healthy but they could put that shit down i'd be like you guys are athletes you have to go out and like you have to uh, do stuff tomorrow uh, i look back and it's like even at my school and my school was a very it was like our team was we were considered division one which was the highest level but we were like the term is like mid-major so there's like oklahoma like they're the big 12 which is one of the big five conferences like like that's where all the best players go is the power they call it the power five and oklahoma is one of them and then like there's six other conferences that kind of fill out the rest of it and my school was one of them but it's always like thinking back it's like i remember like one time uh when you were a, a true freshman and you didn't travel with the team uh, for home games or away games, um, we would have to do what was called Freshman Fridays, and which meant basically torturing us for like two hours workout-wise. And I remember like there was guys like partying and drinking till like two in the morning and then waking up at like, 550 and going to the you know our gym i was like i you know how are you guys doing this like i get like we were all 18 19 but still it's like you're probably still drunk and like doing like five mile runs that's like like there was one time like one kid got he got drunk got into a fight at one of the bars and then he just like casually, he went to the hospital on campus, got into his arm in a sling and then just rolled up to like that morning workout. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Of course. When, he... when I was that age too, I worked for a moving uh, a furniture delivery, basically. So I worked, you know, a bunch of other tweakers. We would, you know, deliver couches and, you know, chest of drawers or whatever. And uh, I would, there was one time where I was seeing this girl in Tulsa. So I would drive up there after work at like six and then we go out and party and I would leave just like high and drunk at two in the morning and I would drive directly to the store, to the furniture store, to Galleria and I would just park there and sleep for three hours and then it would be, you know, 105 degrees delivering couches the next day and it's it's it sucked but if i did that today i probably probably wouldn't make it i'll be right back i'm gonna go plug these in i'll be right back all right this is exactly what i was hoping for just like the vibe the vibe cast for this one not to say like the other two weren't that like I was like living for the other two. I was like, go on tangents. I like tangents. Mm-hmm.
like uh i i was like i was nervous for like recording because jack was episode one and i i I don't know what inside me was like, you're going to get the biggest name in our circle as your first guest. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why not? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want, it. I want to make my, uh, make it very evident that who inspires me. So it's like, I want these, my three. And obviously I want other people in the circle to like be on the show. Hopefully, you know, it's like, I, like, that's like the hard thing is like, have they played this game? Would they be willing to play it? Like, you know, it's like that sort of like worry, but like, I've just been having a blast. So I'm like really glad that you guys are, we're, we're, we're over two hours and we're still going strong. Yep, still going strong. And this is what you're talking about. This is that cinema verite style of, of podcasting where I went to go get beer. We've all pissed. Uh, I just had to charge my shit. We're not in a studio. We're not, you know, we're not all sitting there. We have to like, you know, focus. It's not even Joe Rogan style because like they'll get up and take pisses or whatever. This is like, uh, this is three dudes talking about video games. And that's Hell what yeah. makes it cool. That's That was the goal I wanted to with the show. And so far, I feel like I'm doing a good job. So I'm looking forward uh, to it. I'm looking forward to the other episodes too. When do you think that these will drop? I'm looking to drop jacks tomorrow um i I think tomorrow night after work i'm gonna do that um but yeah jack will be tomorrow zach will probably be like either during the weekend or like monday um and then you guys i'm looking probably maybe like a wednesday oh yeah i guess i i don't know if i'll ever do like a solid release day thing but uh i figured just get these three out like kind of make it like a release week special event or something like that but i mean i already have three guests lined up for future episodes i'm doing a tekken episode like a broad tekken just sort of overview of the series uh i got one on night trap which i'm really excited for just talking about quote night trap and leisure suite larry <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh and that one's gonna be on like uh pearl clutching about video games because everyone loves to do that um think of the kids i saw you posting something about custer's revenge you had a custer's revenge yeah uh, yeah i just captioned it a love story yeah <laughs> where it's like this it, it was like a game from like 1979 for the 20s atari 2600 about like being some like 19th century like you know a soldier or whatever like custer You're yeah general custer yeah. yeah you just get to have sex with like native women that was like the name of the game and you just like dodge projectiles to just get have sex with this like naked there's chick like, there's like a pocahontas tied to a cactus and you yeah. have to work your way through all these arrows and then when you get to her the little the little guy goes like yeah he, he does that it has like a little chime with it and she has like the biggest there was a game too where it was like this this studio put out a bunch of like porn versions of games there was one like that was like burger time but you're trying to eat cum <laughs> you, like you're trying to like catch the cum or something like that no it i, I, I it's amazing and it's funny too because like night trap is not in hindsight is not a uh 
quote controversial piece of media it's it's about being a special force forces operator trying to save a bunch of teenage girls from vampires but because there's like because it, it went to congress for about like violence in video games and they were saying like night trap encourages violence against women and it's like they took one scene out of context of this girl getting like captured and she has like because in the game like the vampires are like weak and they have to use like these big devices to suck the blood out so it's like this big metal thing wrapping around her neck and she's like in in like a nighttime gown so they just played that clip it, and they said like oh this is encouraging violence and to women in games but it's like literally after that scene ends the special for forces director is like you let this girl die how dare you it's like scolding you like extremely hard for failing and like it's so funny that that game was like the quote one of the three games that they brought up at this discussion which uh, the first one was Mortal Kombat obviously and then the third one was a game called Lethal Enforcers I think which was an arcade game and it was merely because the guns that used in that game looked like revolvers it's like <laughs> That that was the whole thing, and like you see this, you see this these exact same talking points brought out through history. It's like Grand Theft Auto, it's encouraging violence against women. It's super violent. Uh, like every single every decade has its own pearl clutcher. The two thousands had Jack Thompson, who was like this Florida lawyer, who like made it his like crusade to like get Grand Theft Auto pulled from shelves because it was so. Uh, so violent so sexual all the stuff and then the 2010s had you know the revival of feminism with anita sarkeesian mm -hmm. uh who i was gonna say you know you know what really encourages violence against women it's not video games you know what it is <laughs> what's <Women>. that <laughs> <laughs> you know you ain't lying <laughs> but speaking of uh, violence against women <laughs> tony hawks underground just kidding <laughs> Tony Hawk's Tony Hawk's Underground, which was the fifth entry in the series, uh, it released October twenty seventh, two thousand three, for the PlayStation two, Xbox, GameCube. It had a PC version. It had a GameCube or Game Boy Advance version. Again, it also had a mobile phone. Again, like you know, never uh, Activision, much like EA, want wanted this game on everything, every single system imaginable. Uh, this was like back in the day. This was arguably one of Activision's you know money makers at the time. Uh, Tony Hawk series came to be at the tail end of the PS One generation with the Pro Skater franchise, where there was a new entry every year and. They slowly and surely improved upon the formula, and it had a very addictive gameplay loop of arcade skateboarding across levels in a two-minute two time period where you had to do a bunch of objectives. That was the main sort of crux of Tony Hawk, and it worked. Like These games sold millions of copies. Everyone loved them, and it kind of, in a way, revived this. It was part of you know the revival of skating as a culture, and it feels like Underground was sort of the culmination of these last four games, plus skateboarding coming back. Uh, Underground, much like Need for Speed Underground, 
is the first game to add a story mode, uh, which it does a better job. I will admit it has a more compelling story and I compelling in quotes again, uh, <laughs> but it has, it feels like the game has a much more, it has like a, a reason for it. it it's the, yeah, I believe it's the first game where you only can play as a creative skater from the get go. Like normally the Tony Hawk games usually could make your own skater, but you could play as actual pros like Tony Hawk or Rodney Mullen or in three and four, like Bam Margera, like, you were able to sort of vicariously become these pro skaters, but underground was the first one where it's like, no, it's about establishing yourself. You're rising the ladder to be a pro skater. You got to get your pro deck. You got to shoot your own video f- to be sponsored by uh, Stacy. Po- uh, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, like the whole thing is like you are some like schmuck in New Jersey with your best friend, the biggest uh, dweeb of all time, Eric Sparrow. Uh, and you two just want to be pro skaters because you had a run in with Chad Muska, who was visiting town one day. And it, it kind of just sets on this like fun, just really goofy story as your best friend turns out to be a fucking little snitch who when you make your pro video in Hawaii doing a McTwist over a helicopter, he steals the footage. How dare he? Uh, And he uses it to be a pro and you have to climb your way back to prove that no, it was actually you doing it, not Eric. And it's, it's again, it's like the, this is a, the, the epitome of like, these are developers who, they were used to arcade games and then suddenly they're just like, oh, we have to make a story. Uh, let's have like like the lamest little piece of shit like twerp alive uh, try to get you from fame, but all he wants is the money. But you you, you live for the vibes. You're you a live... soul skater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... Underground is such a uh, just like a wonderful experience especially like playing it recently just to like refresh my memory about it like the formula for tony hawk had essentially been perfected i would say by like three or four like each game added like a new thing to make the act of playing the game more fun like two added manuals three added reverts four made the environments a little bit more bigger and more dynamic you know I remember in like Pro Skater 4, you had the zoo level where you had yeah. like the jaguar den and the elephant. You had to like sketch behind an elephant. Sketch the elephant as it shits on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it, it, the, the formula had essentially been, you know, if the series had ended there, it'd been like, okay, we reached the farthest could go. But like Underground kept going. Like they added like, wall planting and hit acid drops and pre- you know all these they kept amping up the gameplay like they added the ability to walk around the environment without your skateboard as the game calls caveman like it's it really does kind of feel like a the realistic power trip of like 
it, it takes that ability of the early games where it's like I get to be Tony Hawk, but now it's like I get to be my own Tony Hawk, which I love. So I what I want to know is like what are your guys' experience with underground Tony Hawk's underground? You want to open this one up, David? Oh yeah, I can open it up. Well, I would actually I'd have to go back to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I'd have to go back to 99. Um because I got the demo. It was the same demo. The Pizza Hut. The Pizza one? Hut demo. Yeah, the Pizza Hut demo with Metal Gear. It had the first uh the warehouse level of Tony Hawk with like I think the only song that the, well, they had like two songs. I think it might have been Primus and something else i can't remember but um i got the game as soon as it came out i got two as soon as it came out i got three as soon as it came out and yeah i mean it's really hard to kind of overstate this is another one of those cool trends that i don't know whether or not they still exist today like i don't know what the trends are because i'm old um but skating was like it became huge and I lived in a small town called called Lawton Oklahoma and uh small town and even smaller clique of people who were into the same kind of shit that I was whether it was like metal or skating or whatever and we just we became completely obsessed. I mean, I, we would go out with a, I had a, I had an element board. I had a birdhouse board. I had a world industries board, all my clothes. Like I wore DCs. Um, my shirts were like, I was really into element. So I just had mm -hmm. like a bunch of element shit. Um, and we would, you know, we would play those games and you know, and then we'd go out and we'd be practicing kickflips, you know, basically, mm -hmm. or like how to grind a curb, which isn't really easy. It's not, it's not, like, yeah. curbs aren't great for that. So we would mostly just like, you know, but we'd practice manuals and, you know, uh, just basic shit. I never got really good at skating. Uh, funny enough, my little brother, he's four years younger than me because he would tag along and because he was just a little bit younger than I was, so I would have been 16 and he would have been 12, uh, he got really good at all these things. So mm -hmm. my brother is like an incredible guitar player now. Like he's he's a musician and, you know, he, he know, like he can do all sorts of crazy shit on a guitar. And he, he's also a really good skater because he was in those more formative years when he was kind of following us around and doing all this. But uh, when Underground came out, I rent again, I rented that one. It was a rental from Hollywood Video, the classic. Um, and uh, I thought that it was brilliant because I actually really love the story mode mm -hmm. <laughs> in Tony Hawk's Underground. I think that uh, it really matched this. Uh, I wish I could recall the name of it, but CKY came out with a movie. And it was about not Ryan Dunn. Maybe it was Ryan Dunn who was the main character, but like he he was getting cheated on. Uh, his girlfriend was cheating on him with like that animal guy. Remember the CKY guy who had like all the crazy hair and like the fucked up teeth? He was like animal mm -hmm. from the Muppets. Mm -hmm. um, that had a crazy plot that sort of like weaved 
uh, you know, skating into it. And then there were movies, like there was this, this whole glut of kind of X Games uh, movies that had plots, right? There was, I mean, I guess Dogtown and Z-Boys was like more of a documentary style movie, even though it was fictional. Um, but there was like, you know, have you guys seen Out Cold? Remember that movie? Mm-mm. It's like a snowboarding. These are these are the types of movies that would be on it at parties in 2003 yeah. or 2004. It would be these like dumb, uh, you know, uh, Adam Sandler level comedies where like, uh, you know, some guy in Out Cold, they're all snowboarders. And, uh, you know, this guy like falls asleep because he's, he's super drunk out in the woods and he wakes up and like a bear's licking his balls. Like that's the <laughs> level of like humor. And, but all these movies are, are centered around, um, you know, skateboarding or snowboarding or BMX or whatever. Um, or like there was an MMA one called Never Back Down. Did you guys see that yeah. movie? Yeah. The, the, name, the name rings a bell. Anyway, but what Tony Hawk under what Tony Hawk's Underground I think did really well was actually because it was a video game and not a movie, and they had a budget, uh, like the set pieces of Tony Hawk's Underground get fucking crazy. Yeah. Right? Like you're you're in Russia, you know, like, <laughs> and you steal a tank and you the have tank. to escape from prison and you have to like do crazy tricks and shit like that, but you're like you're in New Jersey and you're in Miami and you're in, you're in Russia. And, you know, it's like all these different kind of locations. And I really like that um, from a storytelling perspective, I kind of hope this comes back because I think that storytelling, like the Sopranos and Breaking Bad brought in the age of the anti-hero and like the the this focus on being gritty and quote unquote realistic even though none of it's really realistic it's all a cartoon mm-hmm. um and i want to see storytelling return to the cartoonish sort of nonsense of something like tony hawk's underground because to me uh obviously more so than need for speed underground but i think that tony hawk tony hawk's story uh, in this game, I think it's like almost perfect storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just, it's, it's consistently amping up the stakes. It's changing the environment. Uh, and it like with Eric Sparrow, like it has a, like a perfect hateable villain. Yeah. who's like, you know, constantly who's, who's touching on all of those little ego things that would really bother you in real life. Like if you did something <laughs> cool and this guy kept like stealing your thunder and shit, a lot of these, a lot of these movies that I'm, that I'm talking about did, they hung on that really heavy. There was always a, a villain who was like a rich kid who would do some fucked up shit, like have you do a trick or have you do some crazy stunt and then be like, oh no, that was actually me. And somehow like take all the, there was a lot of like taking the credit as a, as a plot device, mm-hmm. but um but I want to see more of a return to that in movies because how fun would it be to go watch a movie, whether in the theaters or at home on streaming or whatever, that was like this kind of loosely strung together plot based around set pieces, right? Yeah. The way that action movies are. Um, there are some pretty badass, like people are still out there making really badass themed uh, skate videos. If you go to Thrasher's website, Thrasher will have like 
a, a new you know skate club will come out with, with a video every couple months or so and there there are people doing really cool shit with that but like if there was even like the thinnest veneer of a plot that connected all these badass tricks mm-hmm. i think that would be really cool yeah i mean tony i think what underground really did feel like the culmination of like what neversoft was like slowly getting better and better at which was and i think if you were to play like tony hawk's pro skater 4 you could definitely feel that like amp having like a set piece moment like or a unique challenge that you had to do that kind of incentivized you to keep going like what else could they do like i think of in four like they had the london level where you had to like uh race against like cop cars and a motorcycle and like underground was it two that that had roswell right uh i think one had roswell was oh it was one damn oh okay right on on. two two i think had like skaters paradise or something i can't remember Mm -hmm. but underground really felt like they really understood how to incentivize a player to keep going it's like the they had very they did really great way like they had the sort of st- typical like tony hawk like challenges you know like get the highest score or get uh do the best at a competition or grind the this type of this rail a certain way uh but i like how they added like different unique little bits to keep you interested like i think of the new jersey level where it goes to nighttime and you have to deal with the gang members yeah. and then and then it climaxes with you having to flee new jersey with eric and get on the train and you have to like skate across the across this little town that you're in and you get to and the train get on, station. The, get on the fucking rooftops and shit you know yeah like, it's yeah it's like they because tony hawk has never been like realistic you know like skate which is the other sort of big skating franchise that caught on was dedicated to realism like doing a like hard flip was challenging because you had to learn how to control it and do the trick input in that game but like in tony hawk it's like pressing two buttons yeah, uh, or, like square yeah it's, you, guys, you guys remember that that when they tried to start making those games with the skateboard you remember those mm-hmm, mm-hmm, where you yeah. would you would like they would sell them and it would look like uh you know like guitar hero with the guitar yeah it's called, it was tony hawk with like the skateboard yeah tony hawk's uh, ride. ride 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 there yeah. were two though right there was uh, there's ride, ride and shred or, or it was shred i think it was called yeah, shred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there was a downhill jam but yeah tony hawk's ride and shred I, I remember seeing that and being like, "That's incorrect. That's not. It's not what you're. Some, nobody wants. No. That. If people wanted to actually skate, they'd go get a board and fucking start skating. Like nobody wants to fuck with that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I you know, Tony Hawk is, for lack of a better way to say it, it is an arcade game where it's all about getting the highest score, getting the highest combo without bailing or ending your trick list and they add in all these new ways to keep you going like a wall plant or if you do a caveman you have like a certain amount of time you can be off your board for the combo to keep going it's like they they understood how to like keep amping up the stakes so to say like gameplay wise and make a story that works with that because like i think of like underground 2 and underground 2 really i i like underground 2 but like 
they really go into the cartoon mm-hmm. uh thing and i think it kind of gets lost in the sauce so to say like that's when like the games were like totally in on that jackass aesthetic like mm-hmm. they were really cashing in on bam margera and jackass and that's the whole point of the game it's oh it's you pick between team tony or team bam it's like it'd be like on a rascal scooter in underground too right? yeah it yeah. like it's underground one finds that perfect balance of just insane set piece challenge while still feeling like it, it still has that ability to let you be in that space or be in that like i obviously like even when i was a kid like i knew like i couldn't do like a triple kick flip off of a building and land a perfect 50-50 grind on a on a on a fucking like telephone wire like i knew i couldn't do that but it still like let me think that that's what skating was like mm-hmm. i get to don like the girl or element or birdhouse or you 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 name it in terms of gear or board you know they still have that realistic realistic element like after the there's that tampa pro-am uh level in the game and you get to pick mm-hmm. you get to pick like what skate brand you want to be on there's like that perfect like it kind of just like it takes you from the highs of what you're doing and then brings you kind of down just low enough where it's like okay like you know when I see Tony Hawk doing a 900 in real life at the X games, like that, what I'm seeing him do on the TV, like me doing my insane million point combo, that must be the same feeling that they feel sort of said. Like, that's a really good way of putting it. No, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're touching on exactly what art is supposed to do, whether it's a book, movie, music, video game. Uh, It's supposed to be, uh, a representation made up of symbols that make you feel the it, it's it's like poetry right so if you are sitting outside like today I had a really beautiful afternoon with my kid and my wife it was raining and Gus was in the driveway just like standing in the rain because that was kind of his first experience of standing in the rain and mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I were sitting there you know having some drinks and just chatting and having fun and like there's a feeling that comes from that Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually come if i just tell you the story right because you're not me and you don't you don't know what it's like but the way that you communicate a certain uh like the feeling of tony hawk nailing a 900 the way that you get that across to a gamer is by allowing you to do like a million point combo, right? Like, or 150,000 or whatever, you know? Uh, So like that is, that is why absurdity and surreal out surreality and, uh, and humor and cartoonishness when used to accentuate a point rather than becoming the kind of the whole thing. Yeah. Is really valuable in art because it's about using hyperbole and using fantasy to to make you feel similar to how somebody who's doing something 
amazing, but within the limits of human constraint would feel doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the magic of Tony Hawk that I think everybody who has played Tony Hawk can attribute to. It's like you can, there's even pro skaters now who got into it because they played Tony Hawk. Like there is a real drive and a real, it's a digital realism that when it's, when a great developer nails it, it can, in a weird way, it causes, it causes like a change in some people where they actively want to be like these larger than life pros that they're seeing on screen. Like I, I remember when I was a kid, like I always wanted to like be as cool as like Eric Costin was like, mm-hmm. like there was a, like each, cause like, even though underground doesn't let you sort of go through a whole campaign of like uh, being a pro, like the older pro skaters does, like you see like these pros jotted across the underground story and you just, you want to embody what they are. Like you want to, you want to be like the Zen as fuck Rodney Mullen doing like pogo sticks and handstands. And like, you want to, you want to do like the insane combo of the game, but then like something in you is like, I want to do that in real life. I want to do the insane tricks that he can do or all this stuff. Like, you know, I knew I'd probably never could skate just because I was destined to be a football player uh, physically, but like, although it would be, it would be tight. You could change your name to like Sasquatch or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Get like a, get like a double reinforced fucking board with some like titanium trucks and, you know, pull off all the tricks. That that would be dope. I'm going to go to like element be like so i have an idea uh <laughs> big boys uh, skating what do you think body positivity or something but it's it, what you're pointing to is is myth making and mythology and that's mm-hmm. what we're currently in the process of losing with uh all the you know kind of inclusion shit that's going on and like um this might seem like a random comparison but everybody's shitting on it so I'll, I'll shit on it too, but the rings of power series on Amazon, uh-huh. like they had that thing come out that was sort of like a promo with all the characters <laughs> who are like, and there's, you know, this just, everybody looks stupid at it. It doesn't matter what race they are or whatever. It's like, everybody looks bad, but they look bad because they look like us. Right. Like <laughs> we're, we're not supposed to be in shows and movies. Yeah. Right? Uh, except for me, because I was in a movie and I was very good in that movie. Um, but like, you're su- it's supposed to be myth. Like Brad Pitt or Johnny Depp or Kate Blanchett or, you know, who like name the actor, whoever. They're supposed to be in movies because they're this idealized uh, uh, vision of what people can look like. And so people want to watch them on the screen. You know, it's a myth, like every, like back to not even the Greeks, man. Like you go back as far as you possibly can. Every culture has myths about like these powerful heroes, Hercules, you know, doing his Mm -hmm. challenges and shit like that. And it's not supposed to be this thing that makes you feel bad about yourself. 
that's where everybody got it wrong. Everybody thinks like, well, well there's no, but there's nobody who looks like me. So how am I supposed to relate to this? It's like, no, they're not supposed to look like you, right? They're supposed to be different. They're supposed to be idealized. Um, and Tony Hawk was that too. It was like kind of what you're saying, right? Like it's, it's this myth-making. Tony Hawk is like modern, a modern myth, basically. Those guys uh-huh. were you know and uh of course nobody's going to be in moscow and fucking steal a tank and crash it and get in jail and then escape through the power of their fucking you know sick moves (laughs) but But, yeah our stories should be that way you see what i mean like our our stories have to be that way like people should should be john wick like people should be tony hawk that's what you're that's what you're going for yeah totally it's like it is that embodiment of like just you know living a fantasy through a game that i think underground nails perfectly and i think you know the fact that you have that custom skater who you know obviously there's a lot of like customization that you can do to the skater he's still there's still that disconnect where it's like he's like me but not totally he's still kind of blocky he's got a weird scanned face he's got like you know rigid shirts and all this stuff it's not real but like he's real enough to me to where i think i could like i could go on the this insane journey with my scummy friend and show that you know skating i I can embody the skate sort of mantra you know like uh stacy peralta uh sort of does with his uh headstands and (laughs) his yoga poses throughout the entire uh game it's like it's like uh under you know like i look at the later like Tony Hawk games where they just kind of they kind of try to bring the games more down to realism like I remember like after Underground 2 and I think American Wasteland it's like you have Project 8 and then Proving Grounds was I think the other one where it's like going for this realism that kind of like takes away from this magic of underground and the other pro skater games like it's that like as you said myth making where it's like there's a reason why these pro skaters are in the game because they're larger than life in this circle and you want to be them you want to embody them you want to have like their fashion you want to have their boards you want to have their special moves it's like uh, underground really did feel like the perfect package when it came to just taking the concept of it it, in a in a weird way it kind of feels like it was taking the ideas of like they probably saw all the kids who actually started skating it's like what if we made a game about the kids who play this game and like Mm -hmm. their journey to be a pro or something right right and then they went they went too far i think with uh the cartoon element with a uh, downhill jam. Did y'all play yeah. that one? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I, I down, never got... downhill, downhill jam was just like, I think it was trying to be like an SSX kind of 
you yeah. know, cartoon. And, and that was actually too far in the other direction. So they tried, they tried to emulate skate. Um, I really, by the way, I really liked American Wasteland. I think American Wasteland I is d- really good. American Wasteland is dope. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like that's one that gets, uh, I don't know, just, just kind of like dissed or sort of talked mm-hmm. around. I, I think, quite a bit. I think waste American Wasteland is good. I think it's just, it sits in that, it sits in the period of the, like the franchise where it's like the games were starting to falter more and more, or at least like the general public was starting to get less interested in the games because they were coming out every year and they there wasn't like a whole drastic change every year. It's like mm-hmm. I think American Wasteland kind of gets lumped into it, even though it probably shouldn't. Like, um. Well, you can see the downhill trajectory actually, like after, after Underground. Wait, did did four come out before? Four came out before Underground, right? Yeah, it was four, four and then Underground. Yeah, it was four was in O two, and then mm-hmm. Underground, then Underground two, then Wasteland. Yeah, so like wait, like that to me is like the cutoff point where shit starts getting fucked up. You get like the you get the motion sensor. Yeah. skateboards and mm-hmm. and the yeah. downhill jam and um <clears throat> and it, it speaks how like a remaster of one and two resonates with so many people it's like going back to that sort of like putting just pro skaters in a game getting to mm-hmm. be them get getting to look at them and be like wow like these are the tops of the of this field so to say and sure even though the one and two includes all these like new hip young zoomers and like i don't i don't play as them but like i always i always play as bob burnquist he's dope i i always love bob too i love i love eric costin i love rodney rodney mullen's cool rodney mullen have you ever watched like rodney mullen's like rodney mullen was like one of the most insane like just trick skaters ever you know he's like, my favorite and his like versus videos with day one song yeah oh mm-hmm. those are that's so good high. those are so good bro like that shit is like so fire yeah i those I, I will say even though this was much later until like i've discovered like youtube and stuff but like going back to see those old skate videos like the one that always has been burned in my mind is a uh, welcome to hell uh was it toy machine i think was their name like i i remember just seeing like that video and just like think it was so cool and i mm-hmm. i also remember it because it was like elisa steamer's first video like the first female pro mm-hmm. and i always thought it was kind of funny how like her video ends with her get eating shit like yeah. bailing like yeah. i like i like i remember how like this this franchise and you know, not just underground, but like the pro skater games. And I would even lump the one and two remaster into this. It's like it's pure joy distilled into a game that I don't think it's like they choose to in a way they they can't understand like how a simple premise can work so effectively. Like like you the fact that quite literally like millions of people can just 
go, I mean, like what we're doing right now is speak hours about Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, Underground, you know, Wasteland. Like they can go on and on about just the just the pure joy of this era of the games is I think a testament just to how on top of their game and how much Neversoft understood what made Tony Hawk special. Like I, I, you know, like I, I can look at a game that has like an intricate, deep and meaningful story like Metal Gear, but like Tony Hawk can still elicit that same emotional response for being, for lack of a better, it's an arcade skating game. Like, it's the marriage between gameplay and a story or just like a an incentive just just like literally like burn memories into your brain you know yeah and it's uh the actually i didn't see the whole inclusion thing as a derailment whatsoever it's yeah on that same tip it's like the um where these games started going downhill was in the like representation of this is how hard it actually is to do this kind of trick yeah versus the represent because like when you're dealing with any kind of art you like you're it's a you know an assembly of different symbols so it's all about a representation of something it's like representation isn't a new idea. That's what art is. It's representing something. And, but it's supposed to represent like what the, what the underground era did like perfectly was the feeling of, like you said, like how when he lands a 900 and McTwist, whatever, like, or even just getting into getting your AM video you know accepted mm-hmm. by somebody that feeling is just the energy of the crowd the energy of the fuck it doesn't even need to be anything like high level like that just the sound of urethane over concrete like just what that feels like is what you get in those older games that are more like fantasy fulfillment than they are like this is actually how hard it is to do a hard yeah I mean, I'm not trying to do hard shit. I'm trying to play a fucking video game. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Exactly. <laughs> like, could I could I fight a god in real life? No, but I can in Elden Ring. I can. <laughs> it, it beat Radagon's I, ass. It's like I can always appreciate a game trying to put yourself in the shoes. Like I, yeah, like I look back at like Mirror's Edge, which I talked about last episode. Like Mirror's Edge is trying to put you in the shoes of a real person, you know, in dangerous situations, and it works in that game. But like, it, it's it's like a balancing act. It's like certain things work best for realism, but like something like skateboarding, where it's about like style and like just you know the the elation of a move like it had like it's like adding adding realism to it like just removes that magic you see when you when you like when I, i remember growing up like watching the x games like on tv and you like see the 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 half pipe competitions and it's like 
these guys are going like 20 feet in the air doing some insane trick and you know tony hawk the games were like the closest to that imagery to that sort of iconography we get like you look at the skate games which i do love i love skate too especially but like those games they don't have that like shine to it it's it part of it comes to skate game being kind of clunky and a little bit janky in some places but like there's no feeling like shooting out of a quarter pipe in tony hawk's underground to do like a kickflip into a 900 and then reverting into a manual like it, it's it's kind of like the magic that games can do it's like only a game can let you have this experience or get you as close to an experience as like you dream it to be do you so you like gran turismo right yeah i do like gran turismo because that's that's like a realistic game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was actually always what turned me off about gran turismo yeah it felt it felt too realistic for me i mean i think that the games are beautiful and i think they're very elegant um but I never connected with Gran Turismo because it's, you know, it's more real. Whereas I like, uh, I like need for, like I had, (coughs) I've talked about how I, uh, you know, Tony Hawk one and two were kind of my thing. Like my big thing was need for speed three on the Mm -hmm. PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Me too. I love hot pursuit one. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that those games kind of serve a purpose because there's also a time when you want to move away from the fantasy and like get into the reality. Whereas like, like with Gran Turismo, the reality that you're able to inhabit is limited to you mm-hmm. basically because of money, right? Like you don't have yeah. the money to do this and you haven't yeah. chosen to be a... a a race car driver in your real life so like so that's that's cool but i just i don't know i i I could never get into into the gran turismo games because of that yeah for me like i think the magic games have this unique ability where it's like you can you can live out your fantasies in so many different genres and i think even gran turismo despite you know they they market themselves as you know the real racing simulator like i think even that has a fantasy to it it's like you know the game those games start out where it's like you have to like get a license in order to like compete and stuff and you know there's an element of just like eh, can we get on with it sort of thing but like i think even gran turismo enables that sort of magic that like a need for speed game were to give you where it's like it gives you the feeling of progression like uh i i do equate like gran turismo is like a jrpg to me where it's like oh i'm buying new cars like a new weapon and i'm customizing that build of that car to suit my needs at the time like in real life even even let's say like i had the money to do that I still feel like in Gran Turismo, I live out that fantasy where it's like, 
oh hey i can add a you know a uh, like a new suspension gear that like increases my car's ability to like take corners better like there's a level of fantasy still present in a gran turismo that it's like a it's like a different flavor so to say like i i think of like you know death stranding has like a unique flavor to it that only it captures but like at the same time you could get like an elden ring experience where it's even more fantastical than let's say a death stranding which has a mm, it's it's like it, death stranding is by no means real like it has fan like sci-fi and horror mixed into it but there's still like a realistic element to death stranding you you have to take care of your your tamagotchi sam you have to rock it you have have to rock the baby yeah like Mm -hmm. i think i think what the there's a it's like games have this unique ability where they can turn the real into something special like uh, like going back to gran turismo it's like in real life i could not own like a uh like an like nissan like nsx or whatever it's called like they're there's and I get to now experience this in a game where it has its real life thing. It's like a fantasy. It's the real. It's like realistic fantasy in a way. Like mm-hmm. there, I think the games as a whole have this ability to always give you that fantasy. It's always like a different style of fantasy. Like you know, if I were to like pull from another racing game, there's a great game called Split Second, which is gamifying a michael bay experience it's it's a michael bay racing game where you can set off explosions to stop your draw your opponents from getting you like or take over it's it's complete and utter you know action movie you know power trip sort of thing and it came out around like a you know gran turismo and forza which are all about realism in presentation and gameplay but i think even those games still let you experience something that can fulfill you as a player uh be you know it it can come down to like even just like audio like just the audio they pick you know like early gran turismo's more i think it was more the european versions the americans didn't get this but in the european versions they had like club music and dance music like uh i believe uh like one the gran turismo 2 had like apex twin on the soundtrack like there's a level of like real i'm like i'm saying like realistic fantasy a lot but there is that and i think you know i think games can just do what they want i think it's what matters is that they execute that vision and i think also like if they go committed to it so to say like like if i were to use skate in his example from tony hawk skate tries to be realistic but it also tries to have its cake too like it tries to be goofy still like it has the hall of meat mode where it's like purposely trying to like brutalize your avatar like breaking its bones or it still has like tricks that really could not be done in real life. 
I think that's where the issue for me, like if I, you know, Tony Hawk is full embracing of the fantasy skate wants to be two things at once. And I think that's where it falls. And like, by the time skate three comes out, it's like, it's kind of abandoned its roots as a realistic skating game. And it's now trying to be like, it's trying to be, it's trying to put the Tony Hawk coat of paint over it. And it just doesn't work. Uh, and uh, hopefully this all makes sense. I'm kind of, yeah. yeah, no, it's like, it's, uh, you, you got to commit to you you set up the ritual space and now you have to perform what you just set up to perform yeah (laughs) yeah i think with to bring it back to underground it's like that neversoft knows what underground is supposed to be like they don't have this sort of like uh need to please everybody mentality they know what they think is fun like they know what will engage them and that concept speaks to millions of people who bought this game like (laughs) and still think about it like there's um before the one and two remasters people were like modding underground to keep playing like it, it it stayed alive for so long and I think that speaks to its unique power, like it's sort of staying power, you know, nearly 20 years later, it's like you can put out Tony Hawk game after Tony Hawk game and they're still fun, but nothing could get past underground. Like you could add new tricks to make combos even more insane, but it's like underground has that perfect, execution of realistic fantasy or like just just out of reach of realism or something i don't know it's like uh, i've had a few uh vodka sodas so i'm i don't know if i'm making any more sense it was like before um before people got lost in the formula right before they got lost in following the recipe Mm -hmm. or um or even tweaking the recipe it's like a lot of these obviously they were trying it's not like it it's not like underground feels like they weren't even trying Mm -hmm. because they were always trying to up the ante and like take it in a sort of a slightly different direction but um it didn't uh it didn't feel like there was a book to be that they were following you know which is how like a lot of any kind of franchise through any medium right now mm-hmm. like by and large feels it's like oh yeah they're hitting this point and that point and that point and it's like, yeah, but i like i i remember how like in these older tony hawk games they would include like the bonus tapes or like videos of the developers making this game and the i forget which one this was from but after you beat the game you can like watch this tape of the developers making the game and it's like them are they're trying to do the moves of skaters like there's a there's a genuine love for what they're doing and it's it's they like it really does feel like a product of like so many people's passion for a sport that like they found cool and it you know obviously it helps having the biggest name 
in your sport ever with Tony attached to it to make it successful. But it's like, I feel like if you were to remove Tony's name from these games, they would still be incredibly popular and incredibly beloved to this day. Like, I think if you have a passion for what you think is good, like, like there's so many games nowadays where it's like they they're trying to please everybody. Like they include every nook and cranny gameplay feature. They have to have like a story that's very hits the beats. Like this is what works in an open world game sort of thing. But like when and it feels kind of hollow when you play it. Like I think of most Ubisoft games where it's like it's not so much about the craft, but it's more about like uh what can get us like five million copies sold you know to sort of thing and then you look at underground which has a very specific aesthetic a very specific intention behind it you know i i i've like when i'm thinking about underground i think of just the ginormous like soundtrack that is just banger after banger like i i just think of uh like the the main theme i guess you could say of the game is the jurassic 5 song a day at the races like that game that song like encapsulates the vibe that like underground gives to me it's like i can't i could not give you like a solid like i like i see the skate reboot they're doing and it's like they're trying to please everybody it's like Oh hey, the fan we have the gameplay feature back, but now it's even more goofy and wild and it's free to play and it's all this stuff. And it's like Underground nailed it 20 years ago. And we're like still trying to like emulate that sort of cultural impact that it had. Yeah, the the pandering that we kind of we talked about this on the on the Dragon Ball episode of Agitator too, the sort of like um the pursuit for equality is what actually like uh, makes everyone just kind of mute and stale because mm-hmm. there's no pursuit of greatness in any like with with this it's like stop trying to please everybody and just stay in your niche corner because even a niche corner can be like huge like skaters that that felt like everybody at a certain time Mm-hmm. Um, but it it wasn't like we have to please everybody it's like not just do your thing and do it the best because that's how again that's following like the the whole like myth making your uh your mythology is supposed to be on this higher plane or whatever and then mm-hmm that's you know that that's the myth as it pertains to this subculture or whatever Mm -hmm. others they got their own you know and they're like trying to in it's like an anti-competition you would it does it like people blame capitalism a lot which sounds like you know, I think competition and capitalism, they're like kind of go hand in hand, but it's actually not like 
that because in trying to be the top of everything of in trying to monopolize by by capturing everybody you actually have just like gotten rid of everything that was great because you watered it down too much Mm -hmm. to be palatable the 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 specific is the universal Mm -hmm. yeah and that's yeah. that's what that's what like our like kind of modern entertainment <clears throat> and IP doesn't get is that they want the universal to be the universal, but it actually it's this weird thing where the opposite happens. Like the more specific you get and the more niche you get, if it's good, people click with it yeah but if you try to be universal you come off like a like a weird guy at a party who's yeah. uh, you know hello fellow teens yeah <laughs> like, like like that kind of shit well i mean a, a perfect example of this is dark souls the the from soft the souls franchise like those were specific ass games made yep. brutally difficult with a very dark and off-putting atmosphere and look at now this this like this uh franchise so to say with elden ring where now where they're still doing the same thing but now elden ring has sold 30 million copies and like like one of the biggest games of all time yeah it's one of the biggest hits of all time and it's like i like it gives me hope that like niche products of the playstation 2 like underground can mm-hmm. still happen like mm-hmm. there's where like a where, where a japanese developer is is calling on you know western themes to create an extremely uh taxing and esoteric and difficult game that's beautiful mm-hmm. like that's that's again like Elden Ring, the whole FromSoft catalog really, well, not the because there's like Armored Core and shit like that, but like the the Souls like games, um, really kind of give me hope because what the Souls like games are are uh, this kind of return to individual vision, the games uh, and movies and books and everything so desperately needs you know like the tony hawk games could come out in the late 90s early 2000s because people were primed for it they're like yeah give me that weird shit i i just i I want something that plays well uh and that kind of introduces me to a new world um and then everything started getting focus grouped and Mm -hmm you know, making sure that everybody likes this thing and it just makes everything suck dick. <laughs> it, it That's honestly so true. It's like, I think to wrap this uh, three plus hour journey through two games, it's like games can be niche and still resonate with so many people like if you were like if you could make i mean i don't know i'm not a game designer 
and nor do I I don't see myself making games but like I feel like if you were to like make Need for Speed Underground and Tony Hawk's Underground people you know it's like the people will come to you because they know you're making something from your heart and not something from like uh, a publisher's like PowerPoint saying, well, this market was not tapped with this game, you know, sort of thing. So I think, yeah, T Tony Hawk's Underground, Need for Speed Underground, I think are two eternal, beautiful games. And I highly recommend everyone to play them if you haven't. I'm sure everyone has played these games, but thank you guys so much for being a part of this. I had an absolute blast. Good night, everyone.